Both are pretty slidey things, so if you lubricate <laughs> the one, it should go just as easily. It's all about the lube. All I'm saying is I'm going to go buy some butter and lollipops, and I'm going to have some fun. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> to be oh, fair, I think margarine would make a much more suitable lube than butter. Uh, I beg to differ because no, too whatever... What, whatever it was that um, <laughs> they used in uh, Last Tango in Paris, I'm pretty sure it was butter, so that's that's the better way to go. It's the oil and the, and the margarine that, that'll make the, that, that job work a whole lot easier. It's too watery, man. Too watery. <laughs> oh. Butter has that sweet cream taste. There you go. Mm, sweet cream. <laughs> Then again, there are some margarines that are just called spreads, so maybe that's more appropriate. <laughs> well, they, they can't legally call it margarine, I guess. Like when you go to the dollar store, you see those the cheese or whatever it is in the case. It says the American product. It says American <laughs> slices because they can't legally call it cheese or cheese <laughs> oh, product. That's so gross. That's so gross. It makes you wonder what's in it. I don't know. Just 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 to be curious, you know. Take it's that mostly shit. plastic. No. It's like polystyrene. T- take that shit. Take- shit. <laughs> Sorry. It doesn't even melt. Take that shit to a lab, yeah. Bill Pullman. I-, I want some answers. <laughs> Remember when, how- in the 80s when butter was a no-no and like oh, no yeah. one would ever use butter ever, ever, ever? It was like, oh, it's going to kill you. And and now it's like it has swung back in the other direction. Like that, that was just some margarine lies. does not cross my threshold. I use the fuck out of butter. That was just but, that, that was just some lies that Big Margarine told you. The, the, big mar Big Margarine. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> that's why they call it the Imperial Corporation because they're, they're, they're trying to tell you something. You know, they're right up there with Big Tobacco. Yes, definitely. But one's one will probably kill you faster. He's I'm like, not sure too, which one. Me too. Welcome to another episode of the Cinema Beef Podcast. I am your humble host, because I'm with some, such awesomeness tonight, uh, Gary Hill. And with me, as usual, is X. Tonight we have a veritable wall of voodoo, and I am looking forward to it. Is that a Hispanic joke at, at our friend's expense? No. Just making sure, man, because... Jesus, wall of voodoo was an 80s band. Leave it to you to bring race into it. I'll do that later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. And with us, as usual, 
is uh, <laughs> Jamie. How are you, girl? I'm doing okay. I'm glad to be here. Glad to, glad that you could be here, for sure. Well, thank you. I'm such a boring guy. Can you tell, guys? I'm just, I just like film. As I, as I, I say, everybody has a podcast. Why can't I have one? So. Oh, which uh, I do want to say, by the way, that just reminded me of Merriman. And um, he quite enjoyed the impression that was done of him the last episode. <laughs> I was wondering how he's going to take that. That was awesome. He loved it. <laughs> he, he was flattered. He just loves being mentioned. Pretty taken. He's pretty taken in stride, dog. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> he doesn't. He takes everything in stride. You know, I have never seen him not take anything in stride. You know, you could walk up to him and slap him in the face, and he'd be like, "All right." <laughs> I'm gonna test That's that theory. The way you feel about it? <laughs> He's a big guy. I'm a big guy. We can fight each other. You know, and just to see what happens. They'll just sit back in the corner and watch. <laughs> <laughs> you provide the, gonna happen. It's gonna happen. You provide the bacon greaser. Well, somebody will grease us up. And we'll uh, we'll see you I'll can bring catch the tarp. Him. Yeah, exactly. Jesus! If I knew it was going to be this kind of party, I'd put my dick in the mashed potatoes. <laughs> oh yes! <laughs> oh, if you didn't hear him already talking like he's going to be talking, that's fine. And if you guys are sick of him already, uh, I, I'm, I'm sorry, but this is a good friend of mine. Part of the Cinema Syab show, Mister Cord Syabs. How you doing, sir? You remind me of the babe. The babe, the babe with, the power? with the power. Power of voodoo. <gasps> you do. Voodoo. You're the babe. <laughs> A goblin, babe. <laughs> Sorry, that's the only voodoo-related thing I could think of because uh, X already took mine, so there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's all right. It's all right, brother. Evil minds think alike, you know? That's the truth. Tragic. <laughs> just tragic. I just want to warn you ahead of time that you're probably going to be hearing me say a lot, never had it, never will, <laughs> throughout this <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Or as Brian, Brian's version of that would, every time I would say that, Brian would go, crisp and clean with no caffeine. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. I'm done, man. But um, <laughs> I, I'm proud to say that I have two of my podcasting angels on this show tonight. Because uh, from the Badasses, Boobs, and Body Counts podcast, and uh, the, the one that I hope comes back, the Creative Juices podcast, because I, I really like that. Uh, is the lovely Iris. How you doing? Hello, hello. I'm so excited to record. Beautiful. I love voodoo. How are you? I am doing very well, and Jeffrey, I cannot wait to talk tarot. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, mm, mm, I know, right? I know. Movie. I know. I know. Oh, boy. <laughs> At least Let's they just... didn't pull out the death card. Oh, oh wait. <laughs> wait. She Not said she every said, movie loves to do. She said pull out in, in comparison to the, to the scene that came after that that scene in that movie, so which I don't think uh. he did. <laughs> it's like you never ever see the minor arcana in a movie. It's always it's the oh, death card. It's never like, oh that's the seven of wands. You know, it's like it's always just something horribly dramatic. My gosh. Yes. <laughs> I can't wait to talk. I can't wait to talk Baron. I can't wait to talk the Pompomaku. Oh, I'm going to have fun with this one. Sounds like bad food. Pompomaku. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that sounds like something that I had when I was down in New Orleans. <laughs> and actually referenced in a uh, Robert Plant song. So there you go. There you go. Glorious. But um, I'm going to stick it to our guests. Stick it to our guests. 
Iris, <laughs> what have you been watching lately? What have I been watching lately? I have been watching stuff for podcasts. <laughs> no, but I actually watched uh, Boston Strangler uh, with Tony Curtis and uh, Henry Fonda and George Kennedy. And oh my God, what a badass film. Love that movie. Completely love that film. I had no idea it existed until I was listening to a, a podcast called Stranglers. And it got mentioned a couple of times. And as a matter of fact, the uh, Dinatali, which was the cop that helped capture the so-called Boston Strangler DeSalvo, was uh, actually one of the people was a uh, one of the folks that was helping them create this movie. So I was very excited to watch it. It turned out to be really good. That's pretty much it, though. Oh, that's okay. I'll uh, put it to court. What are you watching, sir? I uh, just finished up the Sundance series Happen Leonard, which is based on one of my favorite authors, series Happen Leonard uh, from Jar Lansdale, and uh, was really into the show, kind of dug it. Uh, my wife thought it was a little bit of slow, so if they do a series two of it, I might be watching that one on my own. But uh, Pollyanna McIntosh was in it and just destroying things left and right like some 80s punker chick, and I could not help but enjoy that. <laughs> Um, Movie-wise, I revisited uh, The Dark Knight this past weekend. Um, Kind of don't have the boner I used to have for that film. You know, when you watch it a few years removed from the hype and the the glory of it all, it doesn't quite hold up to my warm and fuzzy memories, so I'm a little worried. Those Nolan oh, ones aren't very good. That's why. I don't know how to explain these things to people. You know. Yeah. Well, this one was the one that I still think is the best of the three. Uh, yes. There's still a lot about The Dark Knight that I really liked. But there are some serious parts of that film where I'm just, like, looking at my watch or, or deciding, you know, should I just go do the dishes right now and then come back in 20 minutes? But uh, there, there's a lot of it that's really great. But the stuff where he's in Hong Kong just dragged for me where he goes to pick up the guy and kidnap him. That was just masturbatory scenes to shoot in IMAX for no reason other than Nolan's a prick and up his own ass. <laughs> okay, confession, uh, my friend Rico, who you could hear on the very first episode of Simbi Podcast, if you guys want to go delve that far back and listen to me be really terrible, is uh, was in the movie for a second. At least his arm was. He, is, he was the only one in a brown shirt in, when they had the courtroom full of criminals waving their arms around. So if you look real close, you could see his arm waving around, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but he was an extra on that film. He, he worked for like eight days on it or something. Uh, and I, I finally, the last time I talked to you, I was still working on Ash versus Evil Dead Season 2. And I think I, I, I think I was just still working on it, but I finished that up. And I loved it even more than the first season. And I, I think I said I wanted an ashy, slashy puppet. And I definitely want one now that I know that that's a thing and it exists. I gotta have one of those. Yes. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it with me to work and use it for conflict resolution. <laughs> whenever, <laughs> whenever people are like, you know, this this code needs changed, I'll just start having Ashy Slashy talk to them instead. And and I think that'll work out and that'll that'll further my career. Groovy man. Either Groovy. that or get you booted out with a section eight. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you gotta be crazy to be a coder. It's just how it works. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> just a lot of five-hour energy drinks and cocaine all, all the whole time, or no? It's uh, no, because five-hour energy drinks definitely give you the runs, and then if you mix that with cocaine, that just makes it even worse, especially if it's cut with baby powder. So I tend to go towards the chocolate-covered espresso beans. Uh, I eat a lot of those throughout the day, and man, that, that really gets me going, which is probably why I'm all hyped up right now. <laughs> 
Because you gotta you gotta cut it with baking soda, not baking powder. Let's see if you have muffins <laughs> growing out of your nose. Then see. <laughs> well, that, that's an added benefit because you know then you could be the muffin man. Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anything else, sir? No, that's uh, that's pretty much the bulk of it, or at least the stuff that I'm willing to admit, because the other things are a little bit embarrassing and a little too kitty, so I won't talk about. <laughs> oh, I have an embarrassing one to talk about, so it's coming. So trust me. It's uh, well, uh, I'm, uh, okay. I'm not I'm not that embarrassed, so you know whatever. <laughs> okay, uh, I've been watching a really sweet and saccharine show that's uh, based on TNT that uh, my wife really digs, and and I enjoy most of, and I like a lot of the sort of like kitschy side to it that they they expl- it's called the librarians it's based off of that series of movies it's on oh it's not that, bad uh, i've watched it. it yeah it's uh it's just for me i'm i'm a little bit more hard-edged with my entertainment and this is always sweet and saccharine and and it's like family oriented and i'm definitely not family oriented like i have to have at least three fucks every like 45 minutes in a, in a film whether it's actually happening on screen or someone's just screaming it the word you know i gotta i gotta have that so Watching the librarians is kind of like, I don't know, it feels too pure, and it reminds me of how black my soul is. Uh, I, I have a mild, pretty low liars addiction. I don't know what that's about, but it, it, it just, <laughs> what, once, you del- once you delve in, you know, you, you get the teenage melodrama that you kind of enjoy. Don't blame me, da- blame Degrassi Junior High, okay? Because this is the reason <laughs> why I like these things, you know? Yeah, I, I, I watched some of the Pretty Little Liars with my wife a long time ago when it was first airing. Um, there was some scene I walked in on where some brutal murder was happening, and I'm like, "Oh, what's this?" It goes, and then the next thing, those places, man, I don't know where it yeah. is. And then the next thing I know, I'm like, "Wait a minute, this this is a teen drama. How did you trick me into this?" <laughs> Sucks <laughs> me just, in, man. Yeah, and I couldn't get back into it after that part. So, but <laughs> yeah, but the librarians is if you it, like for like a family show, or if you got like a younger nephew or niece or something that's hanging out, you pop that thing on, and it should entertain the whole family because. There's enough like references to keep me going with uh, a lot of the arcane magic and stuff that they throw in there, or the various uh, uh, like literary references that they'll make, and, and the the geeky like quest for knowledge that that show has. I really enjoy that aspect of it. But at the end of the day, when I'm done watching it, I'm like, I feel filthy because this is so clean. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Jamie. Yes. What you been watching? Well, first off, uh. I've got to throw out the new Ryan Murphy show feud that uh, is focusing on the feud between Betty Davis and Joan Crawford. And that has one episode under the belt. And oh, my God, do I love it. Um, it's fucking amazing. It's so good. Um, I, guys, I think the what, casting what is, that on? is it's on um, FX. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, All FX. Right. And um it's well I guess the well the the first episode aired on Sunday, so I'm guessing they're going to be it's going to have a Sunday night slot, I don't know, but um it's so good and uh, it starts off um like right I mean it just jumps right into them doing um Baby Jane. So uh, but you learn things that uh if accurate, I didn't know. Um and I'm like, "Oh wow, like the wig thing." Um, and, uh, I just, I'm, I don't know, I'm absolutely loving it. And so I can't, it looks fantastic too. It looks like a Ryan Murphy show. And, uh, Jessica Lang is of course amazing. I've actually heard people complaining about some of the casting, but I honestly, I had Susan's, if someone had told me, you know, f- five years ago that they were going to do a show who should play Betty Davis, Susan Sarandon would have popped right out of my mouth. I mean, I just... 
it's the eyes, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, I can't I help get it. You. I get just, you. It, it just it fits for me. But um no, I'm I'm very happy with how that's going. So that's fun. Uh, we saw recently in the theater. We went to go see Get Out, and uh, that was incredible. If people yeah. have yet to see that, I cannot recommend it enough. Absolutely, so good. And uh, oh, Court, you mentioned um, Joe Lansdale. Uh, yeah. If you are a big fan. I recommend you listen to the the first episode of Dark Regions Radio that we did. We uh, we interviewed Joe, and oh, wow. um, uh, Happen Leonard was brought up some. And actually, the reason well, he talked about that because that was right before th- the show was getting done, and so we talked about that some, and we talked about uh, I don't know a whole bunch of stuff. It was a very fun interview. So if you are a fan of of Lansdale, then you should seek that out because you'll probably enjoy it. He's a really fun guy. Um, I, I follow him on Twitter and he cracks me up. I love oh, him. Oh, he's, yeah, he's great. <laughs> um, we had a really, really, really good time. I, um, and he's, he was so generous with his time and just talking and talking. I ended up, um, there's some stuff that didn't make it to the show just because I had to, tr- I had to trim it because we talked to him for so long. And, um, that was a shame, but it was, it was just, it was really good stuff. He's a, he's a really fun guy to interview. So, um, if you're a big fan, you should probably enjoy that. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Thank also you. on that one, oh, I do a reading of his story, The Junkyard, on that. So, you said trim it, and that kind of makes me laugh a little bit. You, know, just, <laughs> you were so juvenile. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking it, I just didn't have the guts to say it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see, other than that. Uh, oh, I just uh, just covered Invisible Man on uh, a skeleton crew that's going to be coming out, nice. and that was really fun because uh, that's one of my favorite Universals, and so that was a lot of fun to talk about. Um, and then you know, watching a bunch of TV and stuff for Evil episodes, we did the um, the Santa Clarita Diet on the last episode, and um, of course, you know, Walking Dead and all the stuff that we talk about. Movie-wise, though, I uh, we watched the latest Jack Reacher movie, um, which I loved the first one. I absolutely loved the first one. The second one was good. It just seemed a little more generic to me and um, not as good as the first one. But, you know, still good. And if you're an action fan, then you'll probably enjoy that. I feel like there's something big, though, that I saw, and I'm not – and I'm missing it. I was trying to stall until I figured out what it was, and it's not working for me. So I guess that's it. <laughs> I'm sure I'll Jamie Jenkins that one later, or Jamie Salmon's that one later. <laughs> later. Well, speaking of feuds, and he doesn't need my old pushing shit, but if you haven't heard the, the Gilbert Gottfried, this amazing colossal podcast with Bruce Dern on there, he tells a great story about about Betty Davis and uh and the other one, that Joan Crawford lady. That it, uh, kind of floored me listening to her work. So it's 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 in at least like five months ago this episode came out, but pretty epic. Listen to that; it's pretty great. But I'll uh, I'll uh, I'll trim it down and say uh, extra next, sir. How you doing, sir? I actually got lucky and won a subscription to the Fandor channel. So I've been going through that. They've got like. 700 movies so you know i haven't watched everything in like the three days that i've had the channel but they got a lot of really interesting stuff a lot Um. of cult movies a lot of art movies but they also have grizzly redo 
And this is the original William Gardner Grizzly film where someone has gone through and added extra sound effects, put in extra scenes, and it is fucking hilarious. Awesome. There's one scene where Christopher George, as the park ranger, is talking on the phone, and it cuts to whoever he's talking to. And when they cut back, they've inserted a scene from Pieces with Christopher George on the phone. Oh, nice. Talking to the white-haired cop. So it's really, it's outstanding. There's a lot of stuff where, like, if you're not a genre fan, you're just, you're not going to get it. It's just going to fly over your head. But that's some, that's some great stuff. So are you anyway, fan? yeah, Fandor are Channel, you- really cool. They've got um, All You Need Is Cash, the Ruddles movie from 1978. So if you need your Eric Idle fix, you've got that, too. Are you a fan of the original Grizzly Axe? Yes. Okay. Because I'm a huge fan of it. Yeah, okay. I just wanted to make sure because, I mean, the Redux stuff sounds awesome, but I just wanted to make sure that you were a fan of the original because I Who isn't a fan of any movie where you take out a bear with a fucking bazooka? Right? Well, and, and, and... and Andrew Prine is a helicopter pilot looking yes. Andrew Prine delicious. So as an ex Vietnam helicopter pilot <laughs> with an accent. I was actually I don't gonna feel bring nothing him up. anymore. <laughs> I was actually gonna bring him up. His death in that film seriously is the most upsetting thing about the whole thing to me. It just it is. breaks my heart because I love him so much. Mr. Yeah, Mr. Lou Mr. Lou Frigno tosses a bear into space, so I don't want to hear anybody's mouth, okay? About epic bear deaths. <laughs> Luigi Cozy's Hercules? Yes. Really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. I haven't seen There's also ever. Leslie Nielsen wrestling a bear That's shirtless right. in Day of the Animals. Love right. Day of the Animals. That's a great flick. He, he man. looks like he's having fun there. We recently watched that for two drink, and he looks like he's liking it. You know, I don't know what to say about it. Like a soccer. Well, I guess if he couldn't rape the chick, then that's the next best thing. We're like a Molly embraced <laughs> in a fight, really. Who hasn't wanted to impale Andrew Stevens with a blood stick? <laughs> there you go talk about sex again X eh, can't help it not, sorry not in this program nope not, not doing it <laughs> under no circumstances I'll call I'll call the censor god damn it no. You, have no, you have no right to censor <laughs> X anything else sir nope that's it just been working my ass off and watching weird shit on TV are y'all done with the Winchesters for right now you all caught up I'm caught up. Um, I still, well, when season 12 comes out on Netflix, I'll start again. But yeah, I'm up through season 11 at least. Uh, I have a fire stick, so you know, it's, it's one of those things where I, I, I can't say, go out, go out and get one. They're amazing. But I got one and, you know, wink, wink, maybe slightly questionable stuff done to my fire stick that makes you watch illegal stuff. But, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good thing. I've had lots of questionable things done to my fire stick. Hmm. <laughs> Oh, Usually you pay double for that kind of action. <laughs> if your stick's on fire, they have medication for that, you know. <laughs> yes, they do. It just means you're one of the kings of Leon. Oh. <laughs> when it burns, that means it's working. That's all I'm saying. Oh, I'm done. Oh, my, myself, the one I'm watching. Uh, I put myself full adamantium, and I went to go see Logan in theaters. And uh, I've only heard two folks complain. Just, just like get out. I've heard two folks complain about it, and I'm not one of those guys because this is one of those films that got Wolverine right. And really, if you haven't seen it, I don't want to give much away. But if you never see another Wolverine film ever again, you'd be very satisfied with the ending of this movie. Uh, didn't need three endings. Didn't have any bumpers or nothing because it didn't need it. Um, yeah, 
Five stars. Good, good stuff. Uh, what else? TV. I've been scratching at the bits to catch up with Arrow. I'm almost there. So that, that that's a plus. I really enjoy that show. Um, oh, here, here's the embarrassing one. I, I bought Edge of 17 on a whim to, to, to see... Because I heard, I heard good things from Dan Chase about it. And usually I'm not enamored in these white girls with problems type movies. But this one did it for me. It, it took me to, uh, to, 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 to a special place, if you will. It, it was interesting. It wasn't, like, witty. Basically, everything that Juno got wrong, that this film got right. So if you want to watch a good movie about, you know, a girl who's, you know, unhappy in life, but, you know, has Woody Harrelson to talk to as a mentor, as her teacher, uh, it's 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 really a decent drama, if you guys want to sit and watch that one time. So, Edge of 17, uh, the Dan Chez was correct. It was a good movie. So, um, what else? I didn't watch any new TV. I mentioned Santa Clarita died a couple of episodes ago, but I, I have to I have to listen to uh, your guys' assessment of the evil episodes about it just to see uh, how much you and Brian really really hated it. You know, I you know I, I will little slight spoiler. I didn't I didn't hate it, um, and I didn't like it the least <laughs> on the show, and neither oh. did Brian. <laughs> so there you go. Oh well, yeah. People at work were just being pricks this morning, so I had to watch something violent with a good soundtrack, so I watched Tenebrae on my tablet, and I felt a lot better about myself. Yes! You know? <laughs> Tenebrae solves everything. Tenebrae can, can, can heal the world, I think. You know. <laughs> but that's all I really watched. But uh, up next is our Beefs of the Week. Iris, what's pissing you off, baby? What's pissing me off? Um, let's see. Oh, wait. I'm going to talk about that in the movie. Uh, about the movies we're watching. <laughs> um, I don't know. Nothing really right now except for work. But, you know, that's work. So that just pisses you off usually. Uh, and then there's number 45. But we don't talk about him. So, Yeah. <laughs> What is he like, Voldemort now or something? You know, we don't we don't say his name. Uh, no, I don't want to even give him the 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 pleasure. Gotcha. <laughs> is that all? You got nothing making you mad at all besides uh the the the, the motherfucking POTUS, you know? No, actually, uh, no, because it's what he's doing is actually affecting my job. So yeah, no. Oh, I, I, That's pretty much it. I am sorry about that, Iris. So, yeah, but besides that, I'm just a happy-go-lucky little girl. Love it, love it, love it. Court. <laughs> uh, pretty much what Iris just said right there, except for the movie's part, but uh, good old Petus. <laughs> yeah, he's constantly pissing me off. Our current political environment in this country is just, on a daily basis, creating an ulcer that I'm going to have to give it a name soon. Uh, but on top of that, I've had... Uh-huh. <laughs> name it Carla. No, Marla. <laughs> Marla. Yeah, that's a good name for it. I'll name it that. Oh, no, wait. That's a tumor. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, on top of that, uh, I noticed this week when I went to watch my copy of Sugar Hill I have on a Blu-ray that my copy of Sugar Hill and a few other of my Blu-rays went missing. And they're nowhere in sight. They're not on my shelves. So I think I have a thief in my mist. <gasps> oh, no. Someone was in my home, and I'm pretty sure took this because I'm not... 
the type of person that misplaces that stuff. There's a place for everything and everything in its place. Very Who's OCD gonna about steal it. Sugar Hill? <laughs> I run in some pretty wild circles, but I don't know. I don't know how this happened, but my Blu-ray copy of Sugar Hill has disappeared from the moral sphere. It's just gone. So I either have to buy it again or I have to track down and try and find out who took it. So motherfuckers coming to your house and taking your shit when you invite them in is my biggest beef this week. That just sucks. Call Baron. He'll come again. <laughs> I'm about to. I'll I'll sell him uh, I'll sell him some racist white lady instead of my sweet sweet booty in order to exact revenge on the people that stole my Blu-rays. There you go. <laughs> you can call your friends one by one and they'll go. Never had it. Never will. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! That's funny. As as long as I get to hang with Marky Bay when it's all said and done, I come out on the the, the brighter side of this. That's all I'm She's saying. She's a cutie, right? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's my beef for this week, is motherfuckers stealing shit from you when they're supposed to be your friends. Bastards. Jamie. Assholes who get their asses fired and fuck up everybody else's week. That That's what's pissing oh. me off. Um, I... Uh, we got this one chick and just, just it's constantly something. It's It was one thing or another. Grandmother, flat tire, don't feel well, blah, 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 meh. And then she would complain because she couldn't, she didn't have enough hours. So then they gave her hours and then she, it was always one thing or another. Like she never fucking showed up. Well, today, um, I had engineered it. I was only working three days this week because I handle my shit. I can pretty much get what I want. Only... I was like, this was going to be a sweet week. It was like it was like a mini vacation. You know, I was only going to have to work three days and then I get the call because dumbass got herself fired. So now then I had to go in today and then I'm going to have to go in tomorrow and I'm going to get screwed on Friday. So I can't stand that shit. Do what you're supposed to do. You know what? How hard is it? You know, just to if you have a job, do the job. I don't really understand why it's so difficult to just be an adult. But, yeah, that shit pisses me off. Well, I'm sorry, Jamie. It's always, <laughs> a, it's always bitches it's okay. and mashed potatoes with you every beef almost. And, 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 that's, <laughs> and that's fine, you know. Work is stressful, I understand that, you know. Oh, my goodness. I love to drown the bitch in mashed potatoes, but, you know. <laughs> That would be very well. She'd probably get a like a uh, suffocate of the mashed potatoes, more than likely. You get enough gravy oh, in that bowl, you can. I don't drown. know. Have you seen the mashed potatoes where I work? No, <laughs> it's more like drowning her. <laughs> oh boy! Oh, partial potatoes. <laughs> not this self-respecting Irishman. God damn it! But <laughs> well, not so much self-respecting, more like self-loathing Irishman. <laughs> Speaking of self-loathing, X, what's pissing you off, sir? You know. I've said for years that home ownership is a sham, that it's just like the most dead part of the American dream. And I was just going to I was going to rent forever because I was just like, whatever, I've owned a home before. It's a fucking pain in the ass. But why is it that like the people who manage apartment complexes Raise your rent every time you re-up your lease. I mean, shouldn't that shit go down? You know, like, kind of like a good faith hey, measure? you're a valued customer? Yeah, we, mm-hmm. 
we are good tenants. We don't ask for much. We just want to be left the fuck alone. And they say that it's based on the cost of water usage. And that's a crock of ass because we had five people in our fucking apartment last year. And now we only have fucking bullshit. And we are going to build an inexpensive fucking mud house out in the goddamn woods with a compost pile and a homemade hot tub and a gray water system to water the plants with. And no one will be able to find us when we sit back in our natural insulated fucking solar mud house and save up enough money to go to Ireland. Amen. Damn. Mud house, dude. <laughs> there are 3D printing houses now really cheap in cement. That's true. That's true. I've looked at those also. Crazy, man. Fucking, I've had problems with landlords, too, and it's usually the same BS, you know, spending more money on this, spending more money on that, but it's always when they pay for something, you know, I want to see, I want to see, I want to see my portion of this bill, but, you know... Oh, I mean, I could have I could have a nice late 70s Sylvia Christel French au pair for what I'm paying in rent for this apartment. Mmm. <laughs> That sounds nice. Right? <laughs> right? So, Mudhouse. Oh, my God. Yeah, my beef is, I guess it's a film-related one. Anytime something comes up or somebody says they're going to do something, I mean, I heard for the, heard for the Friday the 13th project just fall in and out of hands, and we're doing it, we're not going to do it. The, the latest bitch that, you know, because all these, all these genre fans have it, is a bitch. Is that um, Danny McBride and I forget the other guys making this Halloween film and they all seem to have a problem with it. But you know the last couple weren't. I don't. I, I don't either because the last couple weren't so great. So maybe they should try something different. And I think that's the way they're going. And I don't really. Well, have and a Danny McBride's a big horror fan, so I, yeah. you know. And I think if anything, Get Out has proven that uh, people aren't necessarily stuck in one genre. You know because. Jordan Peele, who is mostly known for comedy, made a hell of a good film with Get Out. So, um, if anything, that should make people go, oh, well, you know, this could be good, you know? So, yeah, I don't understand why people get their panties in a wad over something that hasn't even happened anyway. Wait for something to suck before you proclaim that it sucks. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, fearful, you know, people think this everything's going to be bad, and then... Unless you're advertising a hook. You know, then you can. Then you should probably proclaim that it sucks. You know, <laughs> or else nobody will buy. Wait, I actually have to like watch a movie before I'm entitled to have an opinion of it. Yeah, I know it's crazy. I'm just no. saying. You know, that's just that's how I live. Yeah, you, know, you don't have to be like me. Yeah, you don't have to. There are a lot of people who aren't. That's, that's just far the... too rational. I can't do it. <laughs> it sounds like you're expecting maturity. <laughs> <laughs> when will we learn? I expect a little bit out of grown people. You just just throw it out there, you know. <laughs> you, what was that? What was that line from Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back? The internet has given everyone a voice, and apparently they're using that voice to bitch about movies. Yeah, <laughs> That's they, pretty much it. Yes. But I think when that movie was made, they just had message boards back in those days. We're, we're, right. much, we're much more dangerous now. Yeah, no kidding. The only just line bitch I can remember. Anything. That's all they wanted: just bitch, 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 or just be assholes. The only line I remember from that movie is I am the click commander. So <laughs> <laughs> I make that shit work. <laughs> Whenever I think of that movie, I think of Marshall Will and Holly and I crack myself up every That's time. That's funny. That's yeah. the so best funny. thing about that movie and so many people I'm sure just didn't even get it, but that just I love it. You don't want to break up that butt fucking Brady bunch, you know. <laughs> that is a fine boy you are raising. 
<laughs> I could quote that movie forever. I've seen that way more than I want to admit. Of course, the infamous Judd Nelson line, Fuck this. Let's go back to the station house and cornhole us drunk. That was the line I was about to say. <laughs> I've seen it tons. I've met most of the people in that movie. Well, the, the, the main view people, so... Which is fun. But, um... Yeah, that's my beef, though. People, you know, bitching about everything. Which is, you know, I, I, I make you guys watch a lot of dumb shit, so I can't really say, you know, what a, a boo about it. But, you know, at least we've watched the dumb shit to critique it before making you pass in judgment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that's about it for right now. But tonight, we are here to talk about three films uh, that have to do with the, the, the Haitian zombie slash food rituals. Uh, we're doing... Uh, Sugar Hill, we're doing The Serpent and the Rainbow, and the Roger Moore James Bondy Live and Let Die. And um, I'm going to ask one thing. Iris, Iris, what do you want to start with? Um, uh, let's start with the Live and Let Die. Oh. <laughs> that was a load of I didn't see that coming at all. <laughs> okay. Do we break out the Festivus poll to air the grievances or what? I think so. <laughs> oh, dude, today was leg day. I can't do any physical challenges. <laughs> uh, we'll get right to that right after the trailer. Roger Moore is James Bond, 007, in Ian Fleming's Live and Let Die. My name's Bob. James Bond. Names is for tombstones, baby. Waste him. Now. James Bond is back, and wherever he drops in, it can mean only one thing. Trouble! This is the Bond adventure with more excitement, more action, more danger, and more. Much more. Roger Moore as James Bond, 007. Seven is on a worldwide manhunt. The body count is going up. And where Bond stops to visit, he leaves his mark on everything. They'll kill you. They will kill us. Love was lesson number two. Togetherness. Is that time before we leave for lesson number three? Absolutely. on the move. And if you miss this one, you'll miss the most exciting 007 adventure of them all.
Angela Die from 1973, <laughs> rated PG, <laughs> alas, the 70s. 007 is set to stop a diabolically brilliant heroin magnet armed with a complex organization and a reliable psychic tarot card reader. <laughs> reliable. <laughs> <laughs> just, just a pair of tits and some, and some cards. That's all she is in this movie. That's all you need to be reliable. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> but I'm gonna, and I'm gonna the start. Hair. Don't forget the hair. Oh, I'm not, yeah. I'm not dissing Jane Seymour. I was still very much like to have sex with Jane Seymour, even today. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Jane Seymour, Medicine Quinn. De- definitely. Put, put me to bed. I, I need some assistance. <laughs> Feel a little light, light, in the, light in the head there, man. But I'm going to stick it to, to Iris, because she seems like she's going to have a lot to say about this film. What did you think about this film, Iris? Okay, so the film itself, I love. I think it's one of the, the funnier and more hokey uh, James Bond, Roger Moore movies because most of for me there's a definite uh, separation between Sean Connery which those felt like exploitation movies with spies and then there's Roger Moore which to me feel more like happy-go-lucky dude that does cool shit once in a while oh and fucks girls yeah because you gotta have your James Bond. Yeah, if you're James Bond, right? It's all about being the Bond girl and, and getting into her pants. Uh, and then, of course, there's the others that I won't even mention. And then there's Daniel Craig. Oh my God, I love that man as a James Bond. But anyway, so back to the movie. Yeah, it's it's lots of fun, and I I enjoy watching this movie. I, I mean, I I own it, and it's and I love watching the dynamics and all, but when it gets to the part where they do the tarot, I always yell at the damn TV. Especially, <laughs> you know, because there's other, that fucking trope of pulling the death card, and I'm like, that's not the death card. I mean, pull the seven of swords or something. Shit. You know, the body's full of swords. That death right there. But, but you know, if you don't do tarot, you wouldn't know that. But I mean, death I means I change. It means change. It doesn't mean death, but you know. And there's that, and then of course the cards that she's pulling and what she's saying. And I'm like, oh, honey, did nobody coach you? <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, did they just? And here's the cool thing about those cards, though. I don't know if you guys noticed, but if you look at those cards in a certain way, it says 007 on them in the back, on the back of the card. That was so that's kind of cool. That was that loaded deck. I never deck noticed where... that. That's cool. Yeah. Maybe that, that was that was the loaded deck where he had the, all the come and fuck me cards in the in the deck. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which Brian proclaims. Well, that's rape. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and he's like, he just colluded her into having sex with him by tricking her. And I'm like, I don't want to be that serious about her. No, there was oh, wait, te- there was tension there, and he got the, there was you get the, he got the job done. That's not rape. That's that's you know. There was nothing in that deck but lovers' cards. That's, that's all it was. That's just closing the deal because she's kind of dumb. Oh my god, you know, darling. Please. I did have a problem with that too. Really? No. I yeah, the, the the lovers' cards in the deck. I was like, ooh, that just feels wrong, James. Oh, but think about it though. Back in the day, how did you get? women in bed with you 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 colluded exactly <laughs> that's exactly how do they still do it now it was 1973 it was cocaine 
to the. Yeah, what I think is funny is that the two people that I knew who had an issue with that are both men. You know, <laughs> like. Brian had an issue with that. Eggs had an issue with that. I don't care. I'm like, I I haven't chased women in a while. Do you still dangle your your car keys to your not fancy car in front of their face and see if they get excited? Well, in the late 70s, didn't all it take was like a decent hi-fi and like an eight ball of cocaine and maybe a bag of weed to get a chicken to bed? Not even that, man. I think the coke would have done it all by itself. (laughs) You know, I mean, if you're, those were the days where it was like, you know, ass, gas, or grass. Come on. I mean, it, it was it was expected. It was the 70s. So watching this movie is fun. But when it gets down to the voodoo, quote unquote, I mean, they do have Varon. So I'll give them that. And um, the only problem I had with, with that whole thing, but I guess maybe I'm just getting too technical, uh, was when they're all dancing around. If it was going to be like sacrifice, like human, they wouldn't be wearing white. They'd be wearing red. And they wouldn't be going clockwise. They'd be going counterclockwise. And, of course, all this other – all this stuff starts coming into my brain because, you know, I have a mambo as a friend. And um, so, you know, it was all like – but you know it it was staged and god damn it i love jeffrey holder i just love that man anything he's in i mean that laugh and he's just such a big tall man i mean i would love to walk up to him and just give him a huge hug but um that's the only thing that really bugs me about this movie as a whole i love the movie but when i start looking at what they have in it it just bugs the shit out of me and I mean, it's got your fed card, ho. Who, who, who can't love a movie with that man in it? I, mean, I love that guy. So, yeah, that's pretty much me. And, uh, I don't know. Okay. I mean, this is, no. <laughs> that's fine. X, what do you think, sir? <laughs> See, he's going to bitch about the same thing. Here it comes. <laughs> no, this is going to be one of those X has a theory segments really? of the show. Oh, we had those in a while. All right. <laughs> Okay, so it's 1973. The black exploitation film genre is pretty much at its height. And this is when the James Bond franchise decides to cash in. So this movie has black exploitation elements to it, but it's not really black exploitation. It's a weird kind of like colonial black exploitation, like Zulu or Mandingo. <laughs> now Here's where I'm coming from with this. The bad guy, Yefikoto, of course, the man is black. Just like the white man says he always should be. All the bad guys are black, right? Especially in the 70s when we had all the riots and stuff going on. Uh, Bond sleeps with a black chick who just happens to be working for the man. The man. <laughs> and she is almost immediately murdered for that transgression. The white man stops the black guy from giving away heroin, much preferring to sell it and give the proceeds to MI6. (laughs) So all in all, this is not just, you know, James Bond who reigns supreme. This is a movie about the white man's cock. The white man's cock kills black women. It takes away the black magic powers of Jane Seymour, which I can't believe I just fucking said. And by the way, that doesn't happen. (laughs) That doesn't happen, okay? Because you can be sexually active and still read tarot. I do. Oh. <laughs> you know, it's not like once you know, once you lose your cherry, you suddenly can't interpret a spread of cards. 
Jesus. And what was that thing? Why does she have like a cape and a tiara attached to the wall? Why does she have to wear the things that make her look like Clytus from Flash Gordon before she could read? Because anyway. she looks like Clytus of Flash Gordon before she <laughs> read. Because that's awesome. That's why. Because Yafet Koto was bored. Oh, yeah. God. You guys so anyway. can see bored. Just stretching out, you know. <laughs> <clears throat> so, anyway, as a Bond movie, it's okay. I, if I, I mean, I, I enjoy watching it, even though it's just so damned goofy. I'll pick it over Moonraker. I'll say that. Um, oh, so, oh, my God. <laughs> that was an astonished gasp. Um, as a voodoo movie, it's pretty lame. Um, and as a black exploitation movie, it just doesn't work at all. So it's a weird kind of marriage between, um, you know, the James Bond franchise and that other genre. But I don't know. I think pretty much everybody got the shaft with it. Fair enough. Uh, Court. I'd actually like to expand a little bit on what X was saying about how it feels like this is a nod towards the, the black exploitation genre because that's what I got more so to this time around watching it for this show than I have in the past. This is one that I loved as a kid. This, When I was a little kid, this was my favorite Bond film, mostly for the boat race, the action where they're chasing each other on the boats and they're going up onto the roads and then back into the swamp, uh, jumping over the cop car. But what this actually feels like more to me than just James Bond and a black exploitation voodoo flick just jammed together is it also feels like they looked at Smokey and the Bandit and they were like, how can we force James Bond into that? I know. Let's put a deep South racist sheriff mm-hmm. chasing James Bond and have him constantly get hosed every time he gets close to catching him until the very end. I mean, like, I said the... the same thing and I was actually right? wondering if anybody was going to bring that up. Well, except yeah. This came out way before Smokey. Yeah, and the Bandit. I was going to say, Live and Let Die Cape was like three years before Smokey and the Bandit. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But, but I it said so exactly feels the like same. That. Yeah. It, no, it does. It does. It feels it. And then I was like, well, hell, I don't know. Maybe Smokey and the Bandit saw black exploitation James Bond, which is actually what we call this in my house, and yeah. <laughs> and was like, hey, let's expand on that because I was wondering if anybody was going to bring up those cops. Yeah, they were totally Keystone copping all over the fucking place with that. That's what I got first of all with the way they were just being goofed on and fumbling and all of that kind of stuff. It was like the typical. The 70s stuff, maybe more like Convoy or something like that, where the cops are getting the better from truck drivers and they jam James Bond into that, you know. But that's what it felt like. It was like a sort of like a Smoking the Bandit kind of road movie chase film with the cop after the guy with the black exploitation, uh, you know, voodoo stuff thrown in there. And I just, I, I really enjoy those, those elements that shouldn't really mix together that well. It's like they're just stitched together. Like a like a Frankenstein's monster, and then when it comes to life, I just have a blast. Now I know fuck all about voodoo, so and the tarot deck. Like I don't, I don't really. It's not really like in my purview as stuff. So the the glaring, you know, misuse of the tarot deck and and the the voodoo ritual stuff not matching up right. Like I just get that right out of my brain. And the main reason that I don't have a problem with this is the, these people, for the most part, that are using this to, to defend their poppy fields. They're using it as artifice anyway to scare people off and keep them away from their poppy fields. So maybe they don't even really know what they're doing. Maybe this is just like all like showmanship, like, you know, like this an extravaganza thing that they're using to build their myth and scare people off. It's like you know, Scooby-Doo. Not, 
Yeah, a, a lot like Scooby Doo. Now the film <laughs> itself betrays that a little bit at the end. Whenever you know you see the Baron Zombie guy on the train with them and he's laughing. I love but, that closing shot. Yeah, it's that's that. As a little kid, every time he shows up on the train there, I'm freaking out and I'm like, James, you're cursed, man. You're you're going to be walking the earth for the rest of your life once this guy gets on the train. But overall, like that's that's my biggest impression was the just those three different pieces just kind of stitched together to make this film. And and if nothing else, this film is so worth it just for that that crazy ass boat chase and a lot of the other action sequences. And I know it is kind of corny and I know it's kind of cheesy, but this also had the least of those really stupid James Bond gizmo gadget tricks. He had like a really cool utility watch and he didn't have like a car that goes underwater and turns into a submarine and all that other stupid shit that they've done. Like this feels like the most, like a more realistic kind of spy film that's wrapped around everything else that makes it. That's, and I'm done. I, I don't. Well, I'll babble on forever. Oh, you, you mentioned the watch, and that, that I, I got two words for that. One motion, because the dress is gonna come right off that way. See, <laughs> that was, that was smooth, think. man. It's like I got this new watch for you, Mister Bond. And then all of a sudden, it's like, yep, time to fuck. Use this watch as my, my assistant. He, you know, he doesn't need the gadgets. He's got a cock. <laughs> no, it's more, it's more like you know, hey baby, do you like magic? And you know, check this out. Oh. She doesn't see it, but she does comment on how soft his touch is while he's doing that. But she's probably a girl that's so, so dumb doesn't realize how magnets work either, so just <laughs> maybe, maybe she doesn't her, realize how it's done. Her and the insane clown posse, they don't know how that shit works. Well, you know, <laughs> he does seem to have an invisible touch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh, X, you're killing it with these music references tonight. I'm going to get some Fago soda and go listen to some Genesis now, just because, you know. <laughs> so, so, so that way I'll have the best of both worlds. I'll have the ICP with the Fago soda and, and uh, the majesty of uh, Phil Collins, Mike Rutherford, and uh, what's the other guy's name? Tony. Randall? Tony. <laughs> Tony, 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 Tony. Tony, Tony. <laughs> I, I say, putting my finger up, Tony, you know. But, um, Jamie, what'd you think, girl? Well. Um, we actually just watched this one not that long ago for uh, because we were doing our Bondathon, and I did watch it again to do this to refresh. And um, this one, to me, the biggest problem I had with it. Now, tarot stuff aside, we just automatically throw that shit out the window whenever we're watching a movie that isn't taking it seriously. You know, right off the bat, they're just going to do all kinds of shit wrong. They're going to throw down the fool. They're going to throw down death. They're going to throw down the devil. And none of it ever means what they're saying it means. And it's just retarded. So we don't even, I don't, we don't bother with that. But the thing that sticks out to me about this film is that it does feel, it's like court said, it's like a, it's like a Frankenstein's monster. And but to me, that's the problem with it is just none of this stuff seems to mesh to me. I mean, it's, it's like, um, like okay, well we do call it, we call it the black exploitation James Bond because I think you're absolutely right about the timing. That was when it that's when it was hitting its stride, and James Bond is like, hey, I know, let's do this, and so um, it it makes sense uh, considering where film was at that time that they would try to capitalize on that. Nothing wrong with that, but it just doesn't seem to to go together. You know the. There are all these different little – it feels more like vignettes than an actual complete film to me. And it also feels really long. Now, it is long. All James Bond films are long. And 
to be honest, they usually feel that way to me. Like I'm always, I'm always very aware that I'm watching a James Bond film and it's going on forever. Now I do love the James Bond films, but it's just they they take a long time, you know. To, oh, I remember the movie we watched. The other movie we watched, it was. <laughs> It was Hacksaw Ridge, and holy shit, that is a good movie. That is probably the best war movie I've seen in forever. I don't even know. It was so fucking good. Anyway, the the, the reason I remembered that is because that was a very long movie. It was about two, uh, 220, two, close to two and a half. I don't know. It was a long movie. Didn't feel like it at all. It just whooped right on by. 221, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes, <laughs> yeah. This movie, to me, just seemed to keep going. And keep going and keep going. Like, why is this still going? Why is this still happening? Why are we not done yet? It's just going on forever. And you've got the you've got the voodoo stuff. You've got the Bond stuff, which to me is off kilter for this film anyway, because Bond is all about being, you know, mysterious and and exotic. And I mean, he always goes to really weird, cool places and does weird, cool things. And I, I don't know. I mean, Harlem. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, whatever. Okay, that um, is a weird, cool place if you've never been I, there. Well, no, I'd, I have, um, and I was going to say perhaps, especially to James Bond, that would be exotic. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> um, I did love picking out how they used in during the car chases it, toward the beginning. You'd see the same cars over and over again. Like he keep passing the same cars, and I'm like, do they expect us not? And plus, they were all the same model, just different colors. And I'm like, well, we know where they got their cars from for this movie. <laughs> um, it just, it, I just thought that was funny. I mean, there are a lot of things about this movie I really do like. I, I, I do enjoy it on the whole. It just seems weird and disjointed to me. But so we've got the that stuff, and then we've got the voodoo stuff, and then we've got this weird cop stuff with this dude just Buford T. Justicing it all over the place, <laughs> and which. I've never used as a verb out loud before, but I have to tell you now I will be doing that in the future because that's awesome. <laughs> did you Walking just tall. for tea justice? Why, yes, I did. <laughs> it also works with Roscoe P. Coltrane as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there I you think go. He, yeah, I think he more Roscoe P. Coltrane than he Buford T. Justice because he was completely ineffectual. And doesn't he also show up in the Man with no, the Golden not Gun? Buford. No. <laughs> Not Walking Tall, um, Buford T. Justice from Smoking the King. <laughs> no, that's, oh, Buford, I, that's, that's Buford Pusser. Or, uh, that's Buford yeah, Pusser, Pusser. Walking I'm tall. sorry. I misheard you there. <laughs> I, I, I retract now, my former statement and walk it back. It would be <laughs> to say Buford, Buford Pussered it all over the place. That, that has a ring to it, I guess. Um, anyway, <laughs> but yeah, like, like I said, I, I yes. immediately, I was like, I was like, I thought Smokey and the Bandit was later in this, but I would swear that this movie ripped them off. So I actually looked it up, and yes, yeah, Smokey and the Bandit was 1976, and I remember 76 or 77. So, um, 77. I remember that because it was filmed about two miles from where I grew up, and I remember I was already born when they made that movie, and I was not born when they made this movie, so that's, yeah. Yeah, but, a little... but the real question is, how does Mr. Bond fare against the bandit? Because you, you used to answer my question, because he doesn't, because this is not just a <laughs> no, Because he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You know what this movie needed was Jerry Reed. Yes. <laughs> Isn't that what every movie needs, though? And a, yeah, yes. And, yes. and Bass yes. and Hound. That, that's what I need. My, X is my Jerry Reed. I need, I, need, I need a nice female to be my, be my Trixie. My girlfriend, kind of, but not all the way. But she does shit for you, <laughs> you know? You do, especially if your CV handle is going to be Snowball. Oh, yeah. 
Can't do that without earning it. <laughs> hey, the, 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 uh, another Chainsaw versus uh, Bob Strikes Back reference. We give me a few more miles down the road. I'll take a shot in the mouth. <laughs> I miss Carlin so much. <laughs> yeah, me too, man. Me too. Me too. Um, anyway, overall, I really do enjoy this film. I think it's fun. It's definitely one of the more fun ones. Roger Moore has always been my favorite James Bond. Um, always will be. And that's just because of when I started watching James Bond. You know, um, he was James Bond when I started watching James Bond. And so that's he will always be James Bond to me. Let me say James Bond one more time. Um, I also noticed, too, has anyone else noticed how much he has seemed to age from the span of this movie to even just like a decade later? He looks so much older. And, oh, what's the... Yeah, whatever. Anyway, in a, in a later one. But um, <laughs> he looks so young in this movie in comparison. But um, I love Jane Seymour. She's cute as a button. Um, yeah, it's fun. It's fun, but it just seems weird to me. It just doesn't seem to really fit. It. I don't know. Does it seem disjointed to anyone else? Am I the only one that just... No, that's, that's, you know. I totally agree with you. That's why I said it felt like a Frankenstein's monster. And I Yeah, I yeah. Totally... Well, you did say that. You did say that. Um, yeah. I have to totally agree about Jane Street Seymour. I forgot exactly how striking she was when she was young. I mean, she is still gorgeous to this day. Uh, but, I mean, seeing her in this film was like a revelation. It was like, okay, so that's why everybody's so obsessed with her. I get that now. You know, like, it was just, I don't know. She kind of took my breath away the minute she popped up on screen. She, probably because yeah, she, was she was gorgeous. Probably because she was dressed like Clytus. I, I just couldn't get over that. I wanted her to have a little <laughs> silver mask to put on her off and... We were going to go hang out, but that, you know, that's just in my head. Hey, well, whatever it's okay f- to have Peter Wingard as a man crush. It's okay. <laughs> just admit it. Whatever your fetish is, I'm fine with that court. You know, I never judged you before, you know. What's more the robes and the, the metal mask that's my fetish than the people behind or underneath it, X, just saying. <laughs> so you want, you, you want to get Revenge of the Nerds yeah. raped by a woman in, in, a, in a bounce house? Well, when you put it that way, of course I do. As long as it's by a woman, I'm good. Okay. Just checking, you know, because... Yeah. If I'm not getting the, it. From, I'm, I'm not taking it from Skolnick. Is all I'm saying. Like, if it's going to be a dude, it has to at least be somebody that doesn't go ah, ah, when they finish. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> if it's just the ropes and the masks, remind me never to watch Logan's Run with you. Yeah, that's probably not a good idea. <laughs> well, the, the, the ogre seems like he'd be a generous lover. I think. You know, I don't know him personally, but he just would take forever to finish. <laughs> well, at least you might finish then. Hey, you take forever. You know. Eventually, well, I don't know, after you play, a while, it's not fun. After you play a, a little carousel. You play a little carousel from Logan's Run, and I'm good to go. Oh boy! I think deep down inside, every girl wants that dead look in her eye, in their eyes, you know, just just every once in a while. And <laughs> the ogre's like a man child, so they might get that out of him. I'm done. Are you done, Jane? With your, with your... I'm done. Yeah, she's got nice boobs. Yeah, yeah. yeah she does. Yes, she now, does. Now I'm done. Now I'm done. <laughs> So I have to say that compared to the novel, this, the, the movie, I mean, the movie misses so much and the novel is just so much better because you've got the, the buried treasure and the gold coin showing up in Harlem. You've got the Soviet counterintelligence smirch in there. And of course, Mr. Big is still in there. It's, it just misses quite a bit. And I don't see how they could have squeezed anything more in <laughs> in the <laughs> well, movie this anyway. True. This Whoa. is true. 
But yeah, it's it's very different from. I mean, if you really, if you guys really want the the whole thing on on this movie, read the story. It and it's it read the book, and it's really not one of the longer ones. It's one of the shorter ones. I mean, it was just the second one that Ian Fleming had written, so it's it's good. It's lots of fun, and and I don't know, you might enjoy it if you enjoy reading stuff like that. Fair enough. Uh, be myself. I I enjoy little things in movies. Like how beautiful Cadillacs used to look, and they're oh. sh- they're showcased so well in this movie, and um, they, they probably got some money from Cadillac to use those cars or whatever. But still, I, I still love the way Lincolns used to look and how Cadillacs used to look. Because now they're just boxes with with headlights on them, and they're really ugly and disgusting looking. But um, when you get that assassin's car with the 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 dart that shoots out the side, that's pretty great. I, I love the side characters in this film. I, I love, I love Whisper, his 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 fat henchman who who doesn't do much but j- drive the car and like Whisper, yes, uh, that's about all he does, you know. And uh, I, I love characters like that. It's pretty pretty amazing. Uh, you met, yeah. I, nobody mentioned him yet, but the guy who's known as Teehee in this movie, who has a, a clamp for a hand, so oh, they, yeah. they, they can squeeze off you know fingers or whatever it needs it necessary. He played a voodoo shaman. In, in two films that we probably all have seen, well, may, at least me anyway, but the uh, the actor's name is Julius Harris, and he played the, the, the voodoo shaman in Maniac Cop 3. Oh, yeah! And, the, 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 I don't sit and say this about, this about many full moon films, but it's got your boy Troy Froman in it, uh, Iris. He was in Shrunken Heads as the voodoo shaman in that film as well. Yeah! Ooh. Holy shit! But, um, no shit. So that's that's two films. Well, this is three films that at least at least that he played the the, the voodoo guy uh, in. You know, and, well, he uh, hasn't been typecast. No, not at all. But he's great. He's great in all those things, though. Yeah, he's definitely the highlight of Maniac Cop Three. Uh, that film's a fucking mess. I love it. Don't get me wrong, but that film's a fucking mess. Which one's the end where Davi lights the cigarette with his burnt hand? That is Maniac Cop. Three, I do believe that's the the other best part of that because it, they blow him up in a cop car uh, with the oxygen tank, and then he uses the burning arm that got exploded off to light the cigarette at the end. Is this the same one with with the heart paddle kill in it? Yes, yeah. There's a, there's the, a lot of the, the, your your argument's cool. invalid. Then, dude, come on now. No, <laughs> yeah, but you gotta if you watch, you're you're taking out. This is one of those things where the the parts are better than the whole. Well, because that's, that's the over, true. But yeah, the, the, the parts the, are pretty I'm, epic though. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you're you're not wrong there, and I'm I'm not going to debate that. The parts that you're bringing up are the best parts of the film, but when you have to sit through the entire film, it's a mess. If you just skip to those parts that are awesome and save yourself the in between bits, it's it's great. I mean, don't get me wrong, but we're not talking about that movie. <laughs> we're talking about live and let die. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, Yap and Kono. Uh, this is pretty great and pretty great in this movie as Mister Big. It's almost like a. a you mentioned black exploitation film. It's more like a reverse black exploitation film, where the, the the black guys, the devil villain, and the white guys, the the, the, the savior of, of the film, and yeah, it, it kind of works that way for me. Um, Jeffrey Holder, you mentioned him, Iris. I know him from a, a bunch of things, but the the, the role besides, of course, this now because, like I said, that end shot's fucking spectacular. Uh, Papa Shango just laughing at you in your face, but. Uh, I know him as uh, Daddy Warbucks' uh, black manservant in Annie, because I've seen Annie more than I care to admit. <laughs> but he plays Daddy Warbucks. Well, as well a, yeah. Yeah, my sister watched a lot of it, so <laughs> I watched a lot of it. 
But yeah, Punjab and, and uh, Punjab, whatever his name is, and, and Annie, he uh, doing things. People mentioned, oh, David, name doing it Doing things doing like things. he does. Like he does. He saves the day, man. Come on now. But uh, people mentioned, you know, oh, what Tim Curry film oh would you say? Oh, my goodness. It's like, yeah, because <laughs> Tim Curry was pretty fly for a white guy in that movie. Now, I'll say it all day long. I'll, I'll admit that. That is the best dressed Tim Curry there is. So I, I had a huge crush on him when I was a kid <laughs> because of that role. Yes. I just, I don't know. There was something about that. Rooster is slimy and shitty, but he's a smooth dresser. Let me tell you, man. I always had a crush on Tim Curry as the devil. <laughs> oh my because of that big yeah. red penis man come on now uh, you know he was horny and I was into it so I'm good <laughs> um, I, uh, I don't think you saw enough Gloria Hendry in this film because she kind of like went away if you will but if you want to know more about her role in the film you can check out John Cross's interview with her for the After Movie Diner he did an interview with her a while back ago I'll try to find the link and put it in the show notes um you mentioned the Smokey and the Bandit stuff that predates Smokey and the Bandit. That guy was ridiculous in the, the way I love these kind of characters. But like I said, it really didn't go with the film. There's a lot of stuff that didn't go with the film. But yeah, there, there's it's kind of like, if I seen this when I was eight, I would think that, wow, look at this, and look at that, and look at this, and look at that. And it still really works that way as an adult. Do I care about the story and what's going on? Because there's the whole thing where, at the beginning, they're killing agents for for here and there, and that's a thing. And then there's the heroin thing, and then there's the voodoo thing that may or may not have worked. I don't know whatever's going on there. But uh, is it really a small a really small part of the plot is the voodoo thing, and um and that's okay because Roger Moore was doing things. One of my favorite scenes is when. They have him in Harlem. They have him captive, and they they, they take take him outside and shoot him. And you know that's not gonna happen. So he does the the swing around on like some rebar or a broken fire escape or something and kicks him. You know, it's almost like watching like a if they made like an old musical about a super secret agent. And, you know, he he did some funny stuff like you know to some music. It kind of felt like that in a way. It's when you're double seven. Yeah, when, it's, you're, when it's, you're it's called when you're double- yes. <laughs> When you're 007, you're 007 all the way from your first cigarette to your last dying day. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I, I mentioned that. And, and I love the Jim Cotta reference. That is a very unappreciated film that mixes gymnastics and karate. There needs to be more love for that film. <laughs> and, who, and who has one shark in their, 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 their shark tank of doom? With no laser on its head, no With, less. I, I don't care about the laser. He's <laughs> And that, that shark looked very, very hungry. Like, he hasn't eaten in a while. So maybe he'd be a very weak shark. Because they, they had the one like that. Yeah, couldn't afford it in the budget. Had all this budget for Cadillacs <laughs> and suits and black man servants. Didn't have enough room but one shark. Give me they the spent all the money one. on... They spent Best all the money villain on, death ever. <laughs> yeah, but they, they spent all the money that they were using on Yafet Koto's really, really bad face mask that they had glued onto him. Oh, They couldn't I, afford anything more than one shark. I forget which ones it, it's in, but which, what's, what's worse, that or Sean Connery and Asian face? Oh. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, That's pretty bad. Um, That's pretty bad. I'm going to go with Sean Connery and Asian face. <laughs> <laughs> if you've seen it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, and I'm uncomfortable just mentioning it. <laughs> what's 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 worse, that or him singing uh, as an Irishman in Darby O'Gill and the Little People? 
Okay, now I just, I'm not going to comment. I'm going to use my Fifth Amendment here because uh, this could incriminate me, and I'm just not going to comment on that. Uh, my wife is Irish. I can't say anything bad about anything oh, Irish. I'm Irish all. too, man, and I watch it every year. So <laughs> I, I, your argument is not a, it's not a problem here. I, I watch that every year, so I still enjoy it. His uh, singing is terrible, but that film is enjoyable. Oh, his, singing, his singing is actually not bad. <laughs> But it's just really weird hearing him sing. But it's not bad. But um, I'll uh, I'll, I'll I'm gonna leave it at that. You know, everything everything's fine for me. It's just like a big old action romp for two and a half hours or so, two hours and change. Where you know, you I do have one th- more thing to add. Go ahead. I can't believe I forgot this. It is not okay to lure a croc into a building to chase the people out so you can <gasps> then blow it up. I was so pissed off by that. Blow up the people. (laughs) And it's awful because there's a burning carcass of an alligator right there. It was awful when I saw that. does not make me happy in the least. We just just watched Pink Flamingos for two drink minimum, and there are worse things than a burning crocodile, trust me. Hey, as... as... Like a chicken dying during coitus. Well, yeah, but (laughs) as John Waters said himself, he got... He got fucked and then they ate him. There are worse ways to go. That's what that's what John Waters said in reference to that chicken. I don't agree, but well, it is still funny. I've had gator. It tastes good. I mean, that, that's all I'm no, saying. Gator is good. See, so we're on the same page. Then, I hope so. You know. Yeah, but did you uh, lure no. said gator into a building before you blew it up? No. I don't think so. Maybe he can't answer that. Yeah, the statute of limitations. He's not allowed to answer that as his lawyer. I, I won't allow it. There you go. You won't allow it, man. <laughs> But I'm going to ask Iris, uh, what is your rating on the film? One to ten. Uh, one to ten. I think I'm going to give this a seven because, you know, besides all the voodoo crap that pisses me off, um, this is a great film. It, it's fun. It, and it's like you said, it's like like action vignettes is basically what it is. That was a, a very good way of saying it, Jimmy, because that's basically what it is. It's like first you got the little, you got the car, cars chasing and then... You've got the fucking bus. That's awesome. And then uh, you have the poor cops that, you know, chasing the boats again. And it it is a lots of fun and you can watch it. So I'd have to say, yeah, a seven because I do enjoy the film. Glorious. Uh, Court. Um, I actually had a blast with this and I've got a lot of nostalgia wrapped around this film. Um, I'd watch it again in a heartbeat if somebody said, hey, you want to watch Live and Let Die? So I'm going to give it an eight. Just a straight eight. Fair enough. And I'm also gonna deal I'm also gonna deal a death card on it because apparently that means change and that's a good thing. Yes it is. <laughs> and by the good way, when, when you said change earlier, like in like a sing songy voice, I thought Sly Stone was in the room at first, you know. <laughs> well I am like a rhinestone. Yes, I am like a rhinestone cowboy, just for your information, sir. What does that have to do? What does Glenn Campbell have to do with Sly Stone? I guess maybe, you know, there was more there was more white folks in the family stone than black folks, but you know that's that's a, that's irrelevant, you know, because they're all about brotherhood, you know, and sisterhood, if you will. <laughs> oh, Jamie. Um, I'm gonna go with a seven as well. Um, it's it's a little too wonky of to be a really good film for all the reasons that I stated, but it is a really fun film. But I'm gonna say seven. Cool X. I'm going to give it a six um, with the acknowledgement that there's an entire point given because I love that theme song ever so much. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. 
that's epic, man. You've got like orchestra and everything. It's just awesome. Love it. Love it. So yeah, the movie's a five. It gets an extra point for the theme. Beautiful. Um, I haven't seen all the Bond films myself. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of really late to the game. And uh, the ones I'd say about the eight or twelve, the number like more like twelve to fourteen that I've seen of all the Bond films, I'd say this one's a lot more fun than most. So fun factor is in plots a little on the short supply, but I'm willing to forgive that because I had so much fun with the movie. So I'm right there with Court with that eight. I I, I, had, I had a lot of fun with it. And, you know that's uh. I'm not saying I had to turn my brain off to watch it, but, you know, a lot, at a lot of points, you know, like I said, there's a lot of stuff jumbled together. You kind of have to, just to just to enjoy all the set pieces that are in the movie. So, uh, 8 out of 10. I think I, think I gave an extra point for the, for, for, the, for the magnetic watch move, you know, just... <laughs> that's more rapey than the other thing. Because, <laughs> you know, magic, whatever. <laughs> Magnets, how does that shit work? <laughs> But um, I, I think we're gonna we're gonna move on to uh, Sugar Hill next for, from 1974, I think it is, and we're gonna do yes. that uh, right after the break.
is red. Voodoo is blue. Sugar is sweet. Revenge is sweeter. I'm passing seconds. Meet Sugar Hill. No, please. Not a place, but a brand new face. My friends call me Sugar. The foxiest. Looking for anything special? Sexiest. Deadliest chicken town. The mob took Sugar's man away. And now she's gonna make them pay. I want them dead. With a voodoo priestess called Mama Matrice. I know what you can do. The power you possess. How strong is your hate? And Baron Samdi too. My particular special. A drink that I'm famous for. The zombie. This is my domain, a kingdom of the dead. And an army of undead behind her. Each death has had something to do with voodoo ritual. There's nothing that sugar can't do. Use it. The mob has never seen anything like Sugar Hill and her zombie hitmen. Sugar Hill from 1974 is rated PG as well. It seems like we're getting a trend here, guys. But uh, the plot synopsis, and God bless this guy who wrote this on IMDb. When her boyfriend is murdered by gangsters, Sugar Hill decides not to get mad, but bad! Exclamation point. She entreats voodoo queen Mama Matrice to call on Baron Samidi, Lord Dark Master, to raise up a zombie army to do her bidding. The bad guys who think they got away clean are about to find out that they're... Dead wrong. Dead, all capitals, wrong. <laughs> um, I thought this was an interesting plot point of this film. Uh, I don't know too many about too many about too much about the stars in this film, but I know the director, who is uh, Paul Maslansky, who brought me the Police Academy series. So God bless that guy, because I love <laughs> I love those fucking films. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. Oh my God, it's just so so awkward. But you know, not not really. I, I love I love both of those. But this movie and that thing that's that's wonderful. But um, I'm gonna tap uh, Jamie first to see what she thought about Sugar Hill. Oh man, I do love this movie. I it's I'm so happy. I love this movie so much. It's well, for one, Sugar is she's so sweet. I just she's such a pretty pretty thing i love looking at her i don't know it's every time she's on screen i'm just like you're so pretty you're so pretty i just (laughs) she's so damn pretty i can't help it um but i just love how badass she is you know she's you know she will throw on this gown and have this like lovely flowing hair and then like every time she goes to like to get her revenge she has this one outfit that she wears and she's got the fro and you know then she's getting ready to kick some ass when she's wearing that outfit. She's kind of like a black lady Elvis in this right, outfit. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's like a, it's an Elvis onesie that's unzipped just enough to show off those beautiful breasts, man. Yes. Look, so gorgeous in this film. Um, 
But which what that which I thought was very funny because there's the one time when the one guy just randomly shows up at the club and they end up killing him and I was like and she's there she is wearing that. And I'm like, do you just wear that just in case somebody comes by that you're getting? <laughs> like I'm gonna kill him. Um <laughs> but um <laughs> The first thing that I thought of when I saw this movie was Mama Matrice was uh, they was George Jefferson's mother from the Jeffersons. <laughs> and uh, every time I see her on screen, I keep thinking, George, George, in my head, because that, <laughs> that was just a she was such an interesting character in that show. But um, yeah, and there's so many things, so many things about the, this film The as much as I love it and as much fun as it is, there are some things that just go nowhere. There is, I mean, we have this entire subplot with with a police officer that he's, you know, he's on the case. He's on the case and he and Sugar have a history and, you know, maybe they're going to rekindle it. Maybe they won't. She really likes him. She doesn't want to get him hurt, but she's got to get him off the case because he can't find out what's going on. So she goes to the, she goes and says, hey, get, you know, stop him from investigating. Just don't kill him. At this point, we're at the very end of the movie. And so they just throw him down a flight of stairs and break his leg and put him in the hospital. You never see him again. Like, well, uh, okay. That seemed a little anticlimactic, but all right, we're good. That's, that's where we're going with that. I'll, I'll sure. Um, then we've got this whole, the, the big bad guy and his chick Celeste. And you're thinking everybody else is dying. These really horrific deaths. Like really just, they're being attacked by zombies. Oh, which by the way, the zombies look amazing. I love the makeup in this film and those weird, like slee stack eyeballs and (laughs) the, the spider webs and just the body paint. I, I love it. I think they're very original and cool looking and you just don't see zombies like that anywhere else. So, and they're actually kind of scary. You know, yeah. they, I mean, if every time we get one of those shots where they're like looming, there are, you know, three or four of them in frame and they're looming over you, I think that's a really effective, scary shot. So I points to that, you know, very good. Um, but like all these people are dying really nasty deaths and really painful, long, drawn out, horrible things. And then we get to the big bad guy and he should be the one to suffer the most. And she says it through the whole thing. Like, I want him to die slowly. He's going to die slowly. This is going to be awful. And then he, you know, he just sinks into some quicksand. Well, that's not good enough. That, I mean, this guy is an ass. I mean, he's so much an ass. He's just an ass to everybody. He's even an asshole to the girl who, who is an asshole. He's an asshole to her. I mean, and Celeste, I mean, she probably gets the worst of it all. And I'm like, yes, yeah, she's kind of a big asshole. She really is. And, and she participated in one of the laziest cat fights I've ever seen on screen. But, um... Which, but that was bad. That choreography for that for that, for that fight was so. I mean, because at first you're like, "Ooh, cat fight! Here we go!" And then it is not. It is not good. <laughs> it's, they're just so not in it. But um, anyway, the so she. I mean, her fate is is pretty terrible because apparently Voodoo guys like, yeah, well, I was gonna take you, but you know, whatever. This white chick will do. That's fine. Um, <laughs> He's very, you know, he's just very forgiving. Yeah, whatever, I'll take her. Total downgrade. If I could get Marky Bay, I'm taking Marky Bay over it. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, this Celeste has, you know, she's been chain smoking for 20 years, it sounds like. (laughs) And And looks like. And looks like. I mean, she's, she's, it appears that she's had a bit of a rough life before she landed in this lap of luxury where she proclaims that she don't wait on no people of color. Um, <laughs> yeah, Count Yorga was using her really badly. 
Um, anyway, so then, yeah, so then bad guy, he just, uh, I, I just feel like he went out way too easy. And it was just, that's not good enough for me. I, it was not satisfying after everything that everybody did. And I was on board with what everybody was getting. I just don't feel like he, he suffered enough and, um, not as much as some of the other henchmen. And I just, it, that was it was almost like, well, we've done all this. We don't really know what to do with this guy, so we'll just do this. And that disappointed me. I feel like it didn't really go anywhere. Um, there were I, She was a little bit sloppy with some of the things she did, and I thought, you know, I mean, even when you've got voodoo on your side, you're going to get caught if you lure people to your studio and have these elaborate <laughs> death scenes play out in your own place. That's not very smart. Um, or when you're seen leaving a club with a guy... Um, to take him to your studio and then proceed to kill him. Um, oh, and then just uh, one one last thing. I got to shout out that uh, chicken foot on a string because <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> but even with all of that, even with all of that, I absolutely love this movie. I think it's really fun. And um, it just it's a joy. It, it is, to me, a, a joy. Because I think it's a nice mix of black exploitation and horror and I, I think it i think it works so i'm down cool x i love this movie all <laughs> the things that jamie just talked about that are wrong with this movie i never saw in this movie before um i think i give this a lot of leeway because this this is just about the best um, as far as I'm concerned, in the black exploitation genre, it's only right there, like under Truck Turner, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but I think it gets a lot of the zombie lore correct. It's interesting to have all the zombies be slaves, and that mm-hmm. the shackles are found yeah. at all the crime scenes. Oh, and science—they love- use science. Yeah, and I fucking love that. And I—I I have to disagree with you. I think the cat fight between Sugar and Celeste is amazing. Yeah. When she breaks that bottle no, and just really... waves it in the camera like it's a fucking Tony Anthony movie, I love it. <laughs> if, you really watch, if you really watch it and pay attention to the choreography, which I did, it's very lazy. They don't even really try to make it look like they're hitting each other. I mean, Celeste is reacting before the blow even comes. And they just sort of, she just sort of lazily falls against the wall. I, um, I don't know. I can't, I don't know how anybody could be excited by that. I want to I was too busy being turned on by watching both of them fight and staring at Marky Bay to even notice choreography. I was just enjoying it. I watch between eight to ten hours of wrestling per week. I know lazy, but I see it. (laughs) So this didn't even this. This was not a Dolph Ziggler match. Um, I like the fact they brought in uh, Baron Samday, who's an actual figure from Hoodoo Lore, and they made him into this crazy entertaining character i really enjoyed that i just think for me this movie just works on every level that it aspires to even if it doesn't aspire real high um it just it works it's a complete package for me i love this movie fair enough um iris all right well on this one i i'm right there with jamie and 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 x i fucking love this movie we we reviewed mike and i reviewed this one um 
for BBMVC, and we both really, really enjoyed the movie. And I think, like Jamie was saying, a lot of the joy of this movie comes from Sugar Hill herself. She is an, a very interesting character, and I love these movies where instead of sitting and crying, the woman goes, oh, uh-uh, you didn't. <laughs> and she goes after the motherfuckers that messed with her man. I love that kind of stuff. And, and just like X said, the voodoo in this was spot on. Baron was perfect for this. Um, the shackles, the zombie slaves. This is, I mean, it, it was really, to me, this was very well thought out. And the way I approached these three films that we were watching, I was approaching them from the from the angle of not just the entertainment, but of the theme that we have here, which is the voodoo theme. And I think this one and the next film really hit the mark and, uh, you know, thought out, researched, I don't know. But it was lots of fun to watch. And they, you know, I I think I enjoyed this one probably the most of all three, to tell you the truth. But, you know, this is my kind of flick, though. You know, it's exploitation. You've got beautiful women and you've got creatures in it. So, I mean, what more could you ask of a movie? At least for me, you know, so this is this is a great flick. and I really, really enjoyed it. Fair enough. Uh, Court. All right. So everybody's covered just about everything that I love about this film, because I, too, absolutely love Sugar Hill. Uh, the only thing that somebody hasn't mentioned yet that I just need to bring up is when the zombies are being raised and they're coming up out of the ground. That is one of the most chilling sequences. I love the score that goes underneath it, that sort of voodooish drumming. When you see them coming up through the ground and the grass is being moved out of the way and the arms come up slowly, and then you see them surface and they have the, the dust and the grime and the dirt all over them kind of falling off. I love the way that looked, that, that whole reveal of them coming out. This has got to be one of the best zombies rising from the ground sequences. Uh, the only one I can think of that I might like even more is in Fulci's zombie where the conquistadors are coming up out of that ground in that shallow yes. grave. I always um, think of that, too. Yeah, I mean, that's, when oh, I watch ahead. this, I think of that. Yeah. These, and also, two, children shouldn't play with dead things. I like that, oh, one too. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's kind of already... Yeah, well, the main guy, whenever he gets up, is the more chilling one, and children shouldn't play with dead things. But uh, I, I think the, the zombie in, in this one the way the zombies raise and, and Fulci's zombie with the conquistadors are more um, analogous of the two because they, they're kind of the same state of decay and everything. Uh, and plus a little bit of voodoo influence on that too. Uh, the Marky Bay, I, we've already said it, but I'm just going to say it again. I absolutely love this woman, particularly in this film. The entire time she's on screen, uh, Diana Hill just is transfixing you. She just comes right out of the screen and just demands that you pay attention to her and you flaunt everything with her. Uh, just to focus in on the actors part of it, since we haven't really talked about that yet, I already kind of mentioned, you know, Morgan, the main bad guy, is fucking Count Yorga. I mean, how much happier could you be about that? But uh, everybody seemed to forget that we had Mac from fucking Night Court as one of the bad guys in the massage parlor getting rubbed down and then dying. And Charles Robinson, uh, that character fabulous. Did anybody notice him? Oh, I didn't notice, but I know who Mac is from Night Court for sure. <laughs> Yeah, but Mac is in this fucking movie. I noticed that, like, um, just watching it. The, I did not the, notice the that. Night. Yeah, the, the character who gets killed in the massage parlor, who's getting the rub down, where he's like, I don't like it. I don't like it. Should be with? I yeah. don't like this. Yeah, yeah, that's fucking Mac from, uh, from Night Court. No shit, dude. I noticed that. I was like, where is that voice coming from? I noticed that. 
Uh, he had like a full beard and everything, so you, you couldn't really tell. Yeah, that uh, must be why I didn't notice. Cause, um, but yeah, that scene was cracking with the, what are you scratching? Oh, easy, treat me easy. And like, dude, yeah. you just told her to make it rough. You told her to make it hurt. <laughs> right. and, then, <laughs> and then, I mean, we got Richard Lawson, the guy who plays Valentine. I mean, that dude was in like Streets of Fire. He showed up in Poltergeist. I mean, he was even in like All My Children in the 90s for a little bit, too. So that guy's been everywhere. This This film is like a who's who of people that will go on and do other things or came from other stuff and it's just this really wonderful snapshot of everything i love about 70s horror and 70s black exploitation films just jammed into one amazing fucking movie that just looks gorgeous and i wish i still had the blu-ray whoever fucking stole that may they die in a fire (laughs) I'm i'm gonna have to buy it again but it's just i absolutely love this film it's 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 the tits man it's just the beautiful pair of tits right in your face Pure and simple. Are you sure you bought it for real? Oh, yeah. Maybe yeah. you never had it, never will. <laughs> I bought, I bought the deep, I bought the burn on demand DVD that in like the early 20 aughts, whenever that came out. And then when I think it was all of films released it, I pre ordered it and bought it. And I have a, I have an Amazon, uh, like order that, you know, I can go back and search that proves that I did have it and I will again. <laughs> yeah, I just had to squeeze one more of those in there too. Oh yeah, Any, anytime, Jamie. It's hilarious. Um. Oh man, I forgot to. Well, I mean, you guys have actually talked about it about her, but um, I love how smart she is. How, I mean, she's not just badass, and that I'm not going to take any shit. You know, she's very smart, and he, uh, Morgan, uh, I, he does not give her enough credit. And that, of course, uh, ends up being his downfall. But I like, you know, she's a smart, smart woman and she's got her shit together. And he's all when he's when he's, uh, I don't know, like talking down to her. And he's like, well, maybe if you understood how the business world worked, then you'd realize you don't want to run a nightclub. And I'm like, honey, you don't know who you're dealing with. I mean, (laughs) I'm just I'm thinking if any woman could run anything, it would be her. I always imagine she takes over Morgan's business with the guys that are left over that had nothing to do with the death of her man. And that's like the, the deal that's going on from here. Like anybody that crosses sugar is going to end up being like a zombie bait for Baron Zombie. And this is how she's going to take over. And she has Morgan's empire at this point, you know, Ooh, on not nice. only just the club, but like she's perfectly. I mean, that's if you take the zombie influence out of this and just make it her getting revenge for the death of her man, you've got hell up in Harlem basically right here. You know, it's the same kind of plot line where they rise, not hell up in Harlem, but uh, the original one, uh, black Caesar where, you know, he goes against the cops and he's, he's taking shit over as part of his revenge and ends up being in charge by the end of it. That's basically what she's doing here. They just don't show her taking over completely. And then you got the zombies on top of it. I mean, it's just such a great fucking Mm -hmm. film. Oh, man. Like I said, it's like a beautiful pair of boobs right in your face constantly. Well, Just and, and it looks so good, too. I mean, yeah. um, it had, uh, I think, a $350,000 budget, something like that, which isn't too bad for 1974. Was it 1974? 74 um, is the release date. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't suck for back then, and uh, it looks great. You know, I mean, AI picture, I, AIP pictures don't always look all that all that fantastic you know but this one really really does i think it um they just uh, attention to detail um like x brought up that they like they really did their research they they 
I love the fact that they brought in science. I love the fact that they went to he went to the university and was talking to this or not the university. It was a voodoo museum and research lab. <laughs> it's very Harry and the Hendersons for sure. I was waiting for Don Michi. At least it wasn't occult bookstore like in the first movie we talked about. Damn it, I meant to bring that up. I forgot. I was occult. Waiting, I was waiting for Don Amici to come out and lay some voodoo knowledge on us, you know, to 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 our young detective. It was like voodoo voodoo museum and research laboratory. Uh, oh, okay. Wait. Let me see if I go this and deep. And part time diner. <laughs> Let me see if I go this deep. There are no big feet or Sasquatch. I love, I love that. I love that scene. I can't wait to cover that movie. The, the part where Harry shows up behind them. I, can, I still get really happy when it happens, you know. You know I've never seen that. Oh, that's going to change. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know. That's like a staple okay. of my childhood. <laughs> um. Okay, I'm sorry, Gary. I just... Don't apologize. Yeah, movie, You're fine. This movie excites me because um, I'm with Iris. As, as much as I love Serpent and the Rainbow, and I do, I really loved watching this movie so much. Like... Of the three, this was the one that excited me the most. So cool! I, I ain't mad at you. Uh, my my assessment of Sugar Hill is that uh, if the kid had had a, a legion of zombies in Graffiti Bridge, the plot would have went a little differently because uh, <laughs> he would have had no problems with Morris Day. Let me tell you right now, they should have been over. <laughs> but oh, <laughs> uh, uh, going to this film though, um, he would have had no time for that. He would have laid down his. Oh, fun- nicely done! He would have laid down his funky weapon, if you will. Well, we're waiting. Nothing. I'm fine. But I- <laughs> <laughs> I never had a joke fall so flat in all of my life. But I'm fine. I'm fine with that. But um. <laughs> That's the best response ever. <laughs> Nothing. I'm fine. <laughs> Fuck y'all. I don't need you. <laughs> That's a lie. You know it, sir. But uh, I thought Sugar's character was, um, she's very, is is the go-go, you know, early 70s, you know, where he had coffee coming out and stuff, and she was, she she knew from jump what she had to do when, you know, her, her boyfriend was brutally murdered, and she knew just who did it, and she knew just what she was going to do about it, and then... If anything, you know, anything to complain about this film is, you know, it has, it has a lot of cutaway scenes when the zombies are doing their thing. But it's, it's it's understood what they're doing, so I don't hold it against it like I do other films. Um, It's really cheesy at times, which I enjoy, because I love the scene where they're, um, I forget where they're, where, where they're at the bar, and uh, the Baron is tending bar, and all of a sudden... The, the the drunk patrons turn into to, to, to the to the zombies the, the sleeve stacks <laughs> eyes zombies and it's like yeah we were here the whole time sucker like really really stuff out of left field like that made me laugh you know and made me enjoy like you know the, the surrealness of the film um <clears throat> yeah I, I um if anything this film has, has anything against it I'm, I'm I'm critiquing bad stuff about the film and I shouldn't be doing this but there's a lot to love about this film is that. The zombies didn't have a lot of people to kill, but then again, he didn't raise a giant legion of zombies to do his bidding. But it's kind of like, you mentioned the shackles of of being left behind at one of the scenes. It's kind of like they're being slaves once again, you know, and and just doing their master's bidding, in a way, in this film. And that kind of makes me sad in a film that's supposed to be, have predominantly black characters in it, doing predominantly 
you know, things that normal normally they, they would be oppressed for or whatnot, but the, the, the slavery aspect, it can be bothersome to some, not so much to me, although slavery is, is, is a... It should be a mountain beef of the week. Me saying no bueno a lot is, is is something I've been doing lately, and I don't know why. It just comes out of my mouth, you know. Well, that's no bueno, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, everything, everything guys, it's, everything, everything's been said about this film in this review. But um, if anything, I'd say go find that Blu-ray. It might be in your house if you came into Court's house. Low blow, sir. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's Fucking, all. It's all... It's all right. I'm going to order another copy, and if I got two, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to lock one away, just in case. Just in case go. it did get misplaced somewhere, but I doubt it. Put it in the bunker. Maybe, maybe the Matbot stole it. Yeah, it's probably being keistered somewhere and by one of the bots. They're trying to get revenge. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I do have one more thing I want to say. Supernatural Voodoo Woman is one of the most kick-ass theme songs yes. to open a movie yes. ever. It's so fucking to bring awesome. I up. Yes. Yeah, I want I want to rip it out of the movie and just like play it on a loop in the studio when I'm just like doing stuff, you know. I just fucking love that. Oh, and uh, <laughs> Club Haiti in this film, it, it um, it's not quite as uncomfortable as that scene that me and X love so much in Cruising, you know, with um, <laughs> but it's pre- it's pretty <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> if if you like bondage, you'll like that 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 bar because there, there's just uh hanging hanging out and stuff like that. It's a different kind of mounting. Yes. <laughs> Whole fist to the wrist, baby. Oh my god. Oh my goodness. <laughs> You're making me relive Do you like it ramrods now. or the cockpit? <laughs> Both. You're making me relive it now, man. The blue oyster. <laughs> da, 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 da. You know, speaking of which, yeah, exactly. You know, X doing that milkshake at the blue oyster, man. What? It brings all the boys to the yard. <laughs> oh, no, I want to watch Police Academy. No, no, I want to watch Can't Stop the Music. <laughs> now I just want to watch Cruising. <laughs> now I just want to sit in the corner and watch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now we're talking. Well, that's that's the best way, really. But no, uh, Sugar Hill, it, it, it has its rightful place in, in the horror genre, in the exploitation genre, in the exploitation genre. Every, every genre. You can even throw some comedy in there, because the, the villains of this film are pretty inept. And when inept villains die... When a cop eats a sand- eats a sandwich off a dead body, that makes Gary laugh. And uh, <laughs> yeah, these the, these these are the little things in life. And you know, Sugar Hill has a lot of those poured poured into it. Uh, a strong female black character do doing stuff, getting the job done with with a little help from her friends, of course. But she knows she, there's not a point in this film where she doesn't know exactly what to do, even if it means sacrificing another person in her place. To, 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 so she can move on with her life, you know? Because let's face it, that bitch had it coming. And if I had to pick a, a, a much, much better cat fight, which is another thought I, would, I hope we'll do, which would be awesome, Undercover Brother had probably one of the best female cat fights ever. <laughs> and, and it makes me laugh because it has the man, if you will, pu- putting a, 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 a chemical in fried chicken to, 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 to make uh, black folks be uh, think, think their way, I guess you would call it. I don't know what you call it, man. Whatever. But Undercover Brothers is a fun film, too. But this is a great film. And I, I would recommend it. But and with that, I'll stick it to X. Uh, 1 to 10, sir. What do you give it? Sugar Hill gets a straight 8. Beautiful. I love how it rhymed, too, see? I, I think of it as Barky Bay and the Funky Bunch. <laughs> <laughs> Digging those good vibrations? Hell yeah. 
As long as I get to watch in the corner, I'll be a good boy. <laughs> See? Just, just watch silently. <laughs> just watch, watch the happening in the corner all by yourself, you know. If it's Marky Bay, man, that's, that's all I'd ask for. I'll just watch. That's all I need. What about Marky Mark? Um, unless Marky Bay's involved, I'm not, no, I'm not feeling that good vibration. Mm, damn. <laughs> Sorry, I don't find the man attractive. He's not my, my, my taste. But Court, what do you think of Sugar Hill, sir? Uh, d- uh, man, I gotta give it a 10. Fucking love this film. Loved it since the day I saw it in the early 90s as a kid and just b- b- got every version of it I possibly could from dub VHS off a of TV to DVD to Blu-ray that got stolen and I'm gonna buy it again <laughs> unless I can find it. So I fucking love this film. This is a straight ten for me. This is a this is the perfect amalgamation of horror and black exploitation seventies flicks. Love it. Jamie. Jamie You muted baby. Oh shh <laughs> <laughs> Don't give away all my secrets, Iris. Oh, they Jesus, know this I haven't I haven't recorded with you in how long, and you you, you still know me. <laughs> they, know, they know this by now. Come on. <laughs> she goes way back. <laughs> Actually, don't even do that anymore. And well, except for just now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what I said was when you couldn't hear me was I said nine because <laughs> it's a nine. It's German for no, or is it a... <laughs> <laughs> nine, I refuse. No, it's a, it, it is a nine. Gotcha. Okay, Iris. It's a nine because Marky Bay is so fine. Well, I don't have any rhymes. I like this movie, so I'm going to give it a, a, a nine as well. There, there you go. <laughs> but um, yeah. Now we're traveling back to to the magical year of 1988 with the Serpent of the Rainbow right to the break.
from Wes Craven, director of A Nightmare on Elm Street. Comes a story of the forbidden world between life and death. There's a door to the mystical. And you just walk through it. Somebody brought him back from the grave. And I want to know how they did it. Death is not the end. I'll take your soul. You think you can take these people's secrets and just walk away? In the shadows of the imagination lies the ultimate nightmare. Don't let them bury me. I'm not dead. The Serpent and the Rainbow. Serpent and the Rainbow from 1988. Uh, this one's rated R because it's it's past 1982. So that's a plus, you know. Uh... <laughs> Uh, plot synopsis is this, an anthropologist goes to Haiti after hearing rumors about a drug used by black magic practitioners to turn people into zombies. That's not entirely accurate, but whatever, we'll, <laughs> we'll run with it. Now, this film was directed by, uh, which I think he made, he made some solid flicks, but not all of them are great, by, by Wes Craven. And it stars some people you might know, like Bill Pullman and, and Paul Winfield and, uh, yeah, that guy, that Zakes Moquet guy with the, the teeth and the... Oh, God. <laughs> you know, truth be told, this is one of the, the only films that are out there that still scares me, you know, in, in parts. There's not much stuff that, that spooks me, but there's stuff in this film that fucks me up. But with that, I'm going to put it to, to X, and what do you think of the film, sir? Um, Boy, this fucker really goes off the rails in the third act, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like we had something really interesting for a while. We had that whole backstory of, you know, Haiti being in turmoil, all that political conflict, which was true to life. We had the threat of the Tom Tom Macoot, which was the secret Haitian police, you know, an actual threat to people killed so many Haitians. We had an actual botanical cause for zombieism, which we really hadn't seen since, you know, White Zombie back in the 30s. We even get some ayahuasca action when he's in the in the jungle wrestling the jaguar. So all that stuff is fascinating. Then we hit that third act, and everything is, in my opinion, just goes straight to shit. We get souls in jars, we get badly animated spirit animal guides, we get a fucking haunted chair, and changes from a really interesting zombie movie into a fucking Freddy Cougar movie complete with horribly burned bad guy. <laughs> God damn it, Wes Craven just pisses me off. So the third act completely undermines everything that came before. So to me, this is it's a spectacular failure. It could have been just a great, memorable, effective film and instead, it's just got fucking bad fake heads and self-tying leather thongs. And it's uh, <laughs> just, uh, just what a piece. <laughs> um, how did you really feel, Jeffrey? Yeah, how did you, you really feel? <laughs> how did you really feel? 
Yeah, I have a feeling that's going to be an unpopular opinion, maybe. So. No, it's okay. Uh, Iris? Alright, so this film... Uh, the first time I saw this film in the movie theater, it, it really blew me away. Um, it, it had all those elements of... Um, at first, it kind of it, it kind of had that feel of a like a documentary type of uh, psycho thriller type of thing with just like Jeffrey said with this guy and he's finding trying to find this and it's kind of like this mysterious thing and, and then the lady gets you know like possessed by Petrod and holy shit it just just like goes crazy after that but I enjoy that crazy. I really, really enjoy that crazy. I enjoy where that where it it gets taken, and you know because you've got all this oppression, and you've got the like you know the Tonton Macouf, you've got Duvalier, all this other stuff, and then it goes bam, and all of a sudden there's voodoo, and, and it's great. I, I love that part. Um, you know, and it's you get to see the. I mean, who. Who can you can never forget that scrotum being nailed to the to the chair? I mean, nobody can ever forget that, right? Nope. And then you've got you've got the black version of the preacher in Poltergeist Two in this movie. Ah, yeah. Because oh my god, that that face when he grins, you're like, oh dude, it's he's, gonna be he's bad. not even trying. That's that's the most fucked up part. It's I just, know, just like right? Poltergeist Two. That that guy's image in his brain. And the, the part where he says, you know, you, I, I don't even need to be be around you to fuck with you. Like, yeah, if, if this was going on with me, I'd be freaking the fuck out worse than this white guy is. Is this other white oh, guy? Exactly, exactly. And and then when, of course, he has his dream and he gets buried. And then, of course, of all people who comes to rescue him, it's Kristoff. So it, it just, it, it kind of like starts to unravel a little at the end. But this unraveling has like this huge knot at the end, which kind of brings it all together for me, especially when when they proclaim that, you know, the nightmare is over and the Haitian people are free, because that's basically what's happening to uh, to Alan. He has been freed from this nightmare that he has been living. So I think that it, it wraps up well for me. So and I enjoy the symbolism in this, too. I mean, it, it's really I don't know. To me, I, I've always loved this movie, and it's been fun. So I, I, I don't know. I, I really like it. Fair, it. fair enough, uh, Jamie. Well, um, I have to. Oh, I'm on one hand, I'm with X, and that yes, it does kind of go off the rails. I, I am with you on there, but I'm also with Iris, and that um, I think it works for me when it does that. This film has always been very effective for me. On one hand, there's the fact that it's it's loosely based on a on a nonfiction book, and it that that actually taught now, which I've never read, so I, I have not compared the two. I just know that it's out there that um, this this story is based on the book that was written by a a botanist. Uh, I think it was some sort of botanist who was talking about things that he had gone through, and so. I find that interesting. I would like to one day track down the book and read it and compare the two. It is of the same title, by the way, um, if anyone does know it or, or would like to, to read it. Um, I will never forget when I saw this in the theater with my best friend for years after that, all I had to say to her was, don't let them bury me 
I'm not dead. And she's like, stop it, stop it, stop it. <laughs> because it scared the shit out of her. And uh, it scared me too at the time. I thought it was extremely effective and I still think it works. And just looking at, to me, just like the, you mentioned, uh, Iris, you mentioned Kristoff at the end. Um, just anytime we see him, it just freaks me out. And I know the dude's not really dead, you know, like I know it's not like <laughs> Romero zombies and stuff, but it's still, it's just like when you see him just kind of walking, um, it just, it creeps me out, you know? Um, and just the whole thought that scene where he's buried with the tear, like oh, the tear yeah. running down his face, you know, it's just that kind of thing. It brings to it, it, it makes me think of how horrific that would be. You know, just imagine like you're alive and no one knows it. And like after a while, like him, for instance, he doesn't even know it, like doesn't even realize it. Um, it it's I don't know. That is a horrible, horrible exist. I mean, that's a that's just that is a terrible fate. You know, um, also, we've got the whole angle with the pharmaceutical company, <laughs> which, you know, that wouldn't surprise me at all. It's like, you know, we get this. Oh, yeah. Go track this down. We got to use this shit, you know, because um, why not? Um, I just uh, yeah, I mean, it is kind of it, it is kind of pants. It's a little all over, especially when you get to the end. Uh, but um, I, I think it's. It's all for good. I like. I have no hate for it. This is actually one of, um, I think, Craven's better films, and is uh, like he's right up there, right before he's like right before he starts to take his dive, which he, you know, just whoop. I mean, he just spiraled all the way down uh, not too long after this. So I, I think this is kind of like this is when he was still on the upswing and still on the incline. So, you know, I like it. Good stuff. Cool, brother Court. What do you think, man? Uh, I think a lot of a lot of the stuff that uh, everybody touched on so far, I would definitely agree with. Um, this is not necessarily my favorite Wes Craven film, but the parts that do work for me are shot beautifully. This is definitely the most one of the most beautiful shot films that he's made, and I definitely agree that this is kind of the pinnacle. I don't think he really comes back from this too much more. He comes real close with a, a couple of the films that he makes. Uh, the setup for the film where the guy's going out and in, like basically making himself a human guinea pig to see if there's any pharmaceutical value for these big pharma companies where he's trying out ayahuasca. And I love the part where he's rolling around with the cat and kind of wrestling with it. Uh, the setup where he's going to Haiti and he actually starts investigating this stuff and trying to find and how he's very skeptical and very methodical about trying to find what this drug does and even the parts where he's making it and all of that stuff that all works beautifully for me. It's when it crosses over from this sort of investigative skeptical minded stuff to just straight supernatural without showing him being affected more and more by the supernatural before it just like, it just all of a sudden decides, yes, I'm going to be supernatural. It's like right at the point where he gets you know, right after the the spike through the crotch and they send him on his way home, that dinner where uh, Day Young starts eating the fucking wine glass and, and shouting shit at him at, you know, like in the guy's voice about the voodoo and everything and writhing on the table and her husband shoves her uh, wallet in her mouth. Like as soon as that happens and it crosses over into full-fledged supernatural, I think that's the point where it's like they didn't earn that part of it. They just 
it just drops on it all of a sudden. And the nightmares and things could have been explained away by them dosing him with stuff when he wasn't looking, you know, with the skeptical side. And that's kind of how I looked at it. I think they needed to do more stuff that shows them affecting people around him supernaturally and having people like random people just start talking to him in the other guy's voice on the street or him seeing more stuff like that. And then I think once it goes completely off the rails, batshit supernatural crazy with the stuff in the jars and all that other things, I think that would feel more earned and and have more pathos behind it. But if you're willing to just let that go and just be like, look at it like you have like two thirds of an investigative film that's very skeptical and very straightforward and based in like a reality. And then you have a one third of a supernatural voodoo film that just happens to be tacked onto the end of it. If you can kind of like compartmentalize it, it's a lot more enjoyable. And I love all that crazy batshit stuff. I'm completely okay with the, the the effects because they went with very little money and did so much stuff with it. Shooting actually on location in all of these great places. You get to see all this beautiful background scenery. And I was okay with the soul jars. Yes, the animation is very dated. and But, you know, watching it as a kid on VHS, that never bothered me because you didn't get to see the detail. Seeing it now in HD kind of is really telling, but... Overall, I think it's actually still a very enjoyable film, if not uneven with like a two thirds to one third ratio there at the end. You know, I still think it's it's quite enjoyable and it's a lot of fun. Uh, I I do. Like I said, I do think if they just would establish a little bit more of the supernatural stuff, like a slow build up of it to where you have like a smooth transition to the, the back third of the film. I think it would be more enjoyable for folks and you'd be able to forgive some of the effects a little bit better. Oh, me myself, I yeah, it's it's it's, it's some spooky ass shit. It still still stays in my brain. It, the, the, just just not really all the performances, but the the, the your, your main bad guy in this film, he he haunts you. Just, just just with facial features, you know what he says he can do in this film, and I think the end of the film, you know, the third act you speak of, X, that you think is so you know disjointed. I think it has to do with the the way because they made made mention that that dinner party that you know the, the the turmoil that was going on right now there's there's riots or whatever. I think the stuff that's happening to him is is you know because he's still very possessed by you know the, the the hoodoo voodoo that they put in him that he's being affected by what's going on there and that's why Day Young I, I love that fucking scene where Day Young loses her shit yeah you know and uh, she starts losing it. Or, or in a, uh, it's more like the, the the magic or the the, the voodoo or whatever he's got going on in him starts to filter over into the real world, and and this film has one of the best best tropes that I love in in film, which is white people getting in messes that they shouldn't be messing in, <laughs> and he he learns really fast that you know you know greed is is not necessarily a good thing. And it, it, he's in the way over his head, especially when he gets strapped to that chair. And you know, I, I, I want to scream you. I want to hear you scream. You guys use that in the, in the devour, you know, promo or whatever. And you, not not loud enough. And you know, they spike his fucking scrotum, which we should, which wouldn't kill you, but goddamn, it'd be fucking painful. So if anything, the the, the torture stuff in the chair was done much much better in the loved ones, because you know. Oh, oh God. Th- there you go, but um. The, the stuff with the jars, I, I love how he, he all of a sudden, we talked about Bond earlier, he kind of turns into a Bond villain, he just plays all of his cards. These, these are all the jars of all the people that came before you, this, that, or the other, and 
when he he just has them like rightfully on display, and the part where he just starts busting them, he starts getting these different these these, these spirits in them. You know, is this happening? Is this not happening? I love the mystery of that too, but the whole idea that some ph- pharmaceutical company f- found out about this this zombie dust that could essentially. You guys mentioned the science thing in, in Sugar Hill. I, I love how the science works in this film, where they they try to, to, to say you know how many folks die of of wrong wrongful anesthesia. You know this, this could be the the ticket to to you know several malpractice suits being you know not happening. And uh, this, I, I really like that that factor of this film. I love the, the scariness of it. I think the Paul Winfield head still looks pretty good, even in HD. I don't know. I, I call me crazy, but I, I still think it looks pretty good. Him the part where he tears off his head, and it, it's it's a good looking prosthetic head. And does I, anyone else picture Paul Winfield as Martin Luther King and nothing else like it? <laughs> I don't know why, but there was this TV movie when I was a kid that was the Martin Luther King Jr. story. And Paul Winfield played Martin Luther King Jr. ever, or maybe he was his dad, maybe he played his dad. Hmm. Shit, I don't remember. Well, I, anyway, I always think of him just as Earwig Man. Yes. I can't think of him as anything <laughs> else ever. Anytime he comes up, anytime anyone mentions him, anytime I see his face, that's all I think of. City Alpha Weird. 6. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, Wrath of Khan. That's some 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 Wrath of shit right there. I love that movie. Still, <laughs> that's probably much love this movie. But um, yeah, th- this is uh, like I said, one of the films that still scares me. And I think it's your y- your bad guy. Your bad guy does it for me every time because he he can. I I love characters who you gotta say nothing. Just facial tics can, can spook me. You're doing a good job, okay? And he was very imposing. And I, I love that, you know, how, how Bill Pullman's character just got immersed more and more into this world. He was kind of excited about it, but then very worried about it when he had to start tearing skulls apart and stuff to make his own zombie dust. And, you know, it's almost, almost like like the Stephen King thing, the Pet Cemetery thing. You gotta bury your own, you know, you gotta make your own zombie dust, boy. Come on, white boy, get immersed into this shit. Sometimes and, uh, dead is better. Sometimes dead is better, yes, indeed. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, all around good time, and I'm not. I'm not. And I, I've, I, I said this after the man died, which is probably bad timing. That I think he's Wes Craven made a couple quality films with a whole lot of garbage in there, and I don't think this is this is a film that has is is part of that garbage. So, yeah, that's all I'd say about it, really. <laughs> um, but with that, I'll say, Jamie, what is your rating, one to ten? I'm going to say for this one and. Eight, yes, Fair yes, enough. I'm okay with that. <laughs> yes, I'm okay with that. <laughs> it nestles it right neatly in between the other ones, which I think is where it belongs. Beautiful, Iris. Um, yes, an eight. Great, great on the eight. We have been just in sync like all night time. Yeah, aren't we always? Yeah, I think pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> X four four. <gasps> That hurts, aye, my, aye, that hurts aye. my soul. Uh, I, I, I'll, uh, I'll take that. Yeah. Four? <laughs> Did I hear that right? Yeah, I gave it a four. Oh, I'm supremely I'm disappointed. I'm so I know. I told you it was going to be I bad. I'm I, supremely you know, disappointed in this film. It's uh, valid. It, you, you know, it, that's cool. I just wanted to make sure I heard you correctly. Yeah. Confession X program this show, guys. I'm just throwing it out there, okay? <laughs> 
I did. <laughs> yeah. Did you hear? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, that makes me sad. Oh, that's okay. So occasionally, me and X have these little mind sessions together where we program shows and never do them, but eventually we'll do them. So I'm happy about that. Uh, Court, what's your rating, sir? I'm going to give it a straight seven. Um, I think it is an above average film, and I think it's. I, I can't go as far as an eight uh, as the two ladies did, and I definitely won't go as low as a four. But I think a, a seven is a, a good number for this. That's it's definitely an enjoyable film. I own it. I would go back and watch it again at some point. Uh, and I always find something different in it. So you know, you know, there's always something new that I noticed uh, that I that I haven't before, and I I like it. So it's just not like the greatest thing ever. So I think seven's pretty fair. Why is that to be a straight seven? What's wrong with gay sevens? That's right. I like. Oh, sevens. I didn't want to. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't want to assume the sevens' uh, gender identity or sexual preferences. <laughs> Jamie, don't. Well, it is the serpent and the rainbow. Right. Yeah. Right. Jamie, right. Don't, don't I think he means a cis seven. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cis seven. It's it's it, it identifies as it as it was. You know, that's just how it is. It's just a seven. No, when I say straight, I mean like no halves, no like you know. No, 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 no. Just, just, say, just say what you're gonna say, man. Let the folks start shit in this country as it is, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a seven. Just yes, right don't on let, seven. Don't let my 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 bad sense of humor derail you. <laughs> oh no! Lies. No, I I that's the kind of joke that I always pull on my co-host all the time. Like anytime we say straight this or straight that or anything, that's. One of the others will dive on it, so I, I, that, you're right in line with my sense of humor, Jamie. It was perfect. Terrible, just terrible. <laughs> I give it an eight, though. This is a film I still enjoy. Like I said, Wes Craven's catalog is very, very littered with a lot of shit, and you know, some of that shit I enjoy, like Shocker. You know, I, I could watch Shocker any time of the year. It's real dumb, but I enjoy it for some reason. <laughs> But mostly because of uh, Mitch Pileggi's, uh career, who's a mo- who's a mountain of a man. I got to meet him last year. He's he's very very tall. So, <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, Serpent of the Rainbow still still has scenes that spook me, and that that's that's hard to pull off nowadays. Because like me and Court discussed a couple times before, I just desensitizes you, you know, to to many things. Yeah. And, and I forgot to mention, oh, I'm gonna Jenkins this right now. There's a documentary on Netflix called "I Am uh, I Am Your Father." That's about David. That about that sexy David Prowse we talked about in the Clockwork Orange episode. Uh, oh yeah, watch that shit. That's good. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's almost the show's almost over. I'm talking about uh, something I watched uh, during the the watching segment. But um, uh, yeah, eight out of ten. Yeah, that's an extreme Jamie Jenkins right there. Extreme, extreme. You know. Oh, but yeah, that review's over. X has disappointed us all. <laughs> What's new? You are awarded no points. You and may know. God have mercy on your soul. Thank you for finishing that, because I forgot the rest. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's in a jar. <laughs> I thought you were on a piece of paper, and I ate it while I was at your house that one time. You know. <laughs> that also probably happened. You pulled a millhouse on me, you know. So you're stealing movies from court, and you're eating paper at X's. Well, t- to be fair, I might have passed it by now, so his his soul is in the Oh, so he somewhere. can have it back. Yeah, he has to find it, though. If I'm willing to dig for it. <laughs> you could have had it before he passed it if you were willing to dig for it. 
you know what? Eating somebody's soul and then making them dig it out when you're done with it is a really shitty thing to do. <laughs> exactly. I'll swallow your soul. <laughs> Come get some. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Enough with the fecal matters, children. We're going to come back and we're going to close out the show. Did you ever see a film at such a young age it left you traumatized with cinematic wounds? Ah, necrophilia. It's a dead issue, man. Don't don't push it. Cinema PsyOps is a weekly podcast documenting an ongoing experiment on the mind of an unwilling test subject. No one should have to watch this movie. Oh, no one should have to watch this? No one should have to watch this movie. Surprisingly, it's not a topic that a lot of people really want to tackle. I'm shocked, crude. I know, really. Right? The next sexual frontier that no one wants to explore. I am, in the most sincerest of senses, disappointed in him. It takes a powerful goddess like Connie, jam her arm down the monster's throat and kill it. Oh, I'm still tripping out over that. Even as a kid, I was like, I gotta find a girl like that. Every week, I, I get a new look of disappointment that I never thought I could get it's out of it. unimaginable. At 12 years old, you should not be watching this movie. Obviously. At 13, you should not be. 14, you shouldn't be. I'm not entirely sure even 17-year-olds should be watching this just because you're offended by something doesn't mean that you have the right to demand that it doesn't exist. Watching this film again, I had all of this like little nerd glee with everything that kept little history up. doll yeah, popping up absolutely. at you. So I totally loved this film. Hey, I know why you you know, couldn't see that. It's because your brain's warped from watching this shit at 12 years old. Yeah, this is this is a rough movie. I told you ahead of time when we were getting ready to do it that it was. How did be a you watch movie. this shit at 12? Because physical wounds heal, cinematic ones don't. Listen to Cinema Psyops. One dark and stormy night in the mid-80s, Joe Bob Briggs, Harlan Ellison, and the ghost of El Santo pulled a train on Elvira while Siskel and Ebert sobbingly masturbated in the corner. From that union arose the greatest movie critic and luchador that ever lived. We're not going to talk about him. He's kind of a dick. Instead, we're going to talk about me, El Goro, the stuttering movie fan and host of the Talk Without Rhythm podcast. Every week on Talk Without Rhythm, I discuss two to three movies tangentially tied together by a theme. I cover action. And the most complete fighter in the world. Sci-fi. Open the pod bay doors, Hell. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Horror. Oh, no tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. And the continuing adventures of James Spader, sexual deviant. You're not worried that I'm going to fuck you, are you? I'm not interested in that, and I'm the least. Now pull up your skirt. So check me out at TWORpodcast.blogspot.com, drunkenzombie.com, or subscribe on iTunes. Talk Without Rhythm, the only podcast that will not attract the world. Adios. Badasses, Boobs, and Body Counts is a week grindhouse and exploitation cinema. Your three hosts, Mike... It's a quick... <laughs> Thank you. Come again. Not racist at all. Mark, if you bend over and you have what is essentially a pubic cottontail coming out to crack of your ass, you need to do some goddamn grooming. And listener favorite, Iris. I do not have sex with that horse. <laughs> will make you question your own political correctness while laughing at theirs. Episodes drop every Sunday and can be found by searching BB and BC Podcast via Lipson, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, and iHeartRadio. You can also listen to episodes directly from the show's website at badassesboobsandbodycounts.com.
Once there was a show called the Not So Evil Episode Sidecast. It was a long name, Batman. No one could ever remember it. They released 25 episodes of brilliant film criticism. And like that, he's gone. Now, six months later, we're back. I didn't know we were gone. We've got a brand new name, new movies to review, but the same old attitude. Foul language and obscure references? Count me in. Each episode, we pick a topic, watch four movies related to that topic, then bicker amongst ourselves to decide which film is the best. We're the theme warriors! Join Iris, Jeffrey X. Martin, Doug Tilly, and myself for Theme, theme warriors. warriors. Four people, four movies, one dynamite show. Catch us on iTunes, Stitcher, and the Horophilia Network of Podcasts, as well as the Legion Podcast Network. That's the Theme Warriors! Don't want to sleep no more! Who are you people? Iris, it's been so great to have you back. I, I, I miss my, my, my podcasting angels, and I, I have two of them on this program, you know? But my muse, oh. my, my beautiful duck, you know, if you didn't know, Iris was a, was a Navy girl, and still will always be a Navy girl. That's and, right. And uh, she could probably kick my ass and X's ass and probably Quartz's ass, too, you know? Oh, definitely mine, yeah, because I wouldn't put up a fight. <laughs> I'd be like, go for it, I'm having fun! <laughs> she got bigger balls than the three of us right now, man. Just beat the fuck out of all of us, you know? They're but detachable, too. They're detachable, yes, indeed. Holy yeah. spit take right there. <laughs> but that's not I why I love her. Clean up. I gotta go clean up my mic now. That's so hot. <laughs> I, I do love Iris, and she Ooh. knows that she she is my cougar lady, and I'm so glad she came back on the show again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's been fun recording it, and and Jamie and I have not recorded in for fucking ever, so it was it, it was an awesome opportunity. Thank you. Beautiful. It's been way way too long. I miss yes, it so much. We, uh, ditto. I get that sultry talk. I'm on my show by herself, man. <laughs> But, uh, I'm just getting out the popcorn and sitting in the corner. I'm just going to chill. <laughs> just ignore me. Go about your business. But, um, Iris, tell the folks... And got... that she made my voice do the downgrade thing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Iris, tell the folks uh, what you got coming up, girl. All right. Well, uh, with uh, Bass's Booze and Body Counts, we have a new website. And I'm going to get this URL right this time. It is bbnbcpodcast.com. Go check it out. We have reviews. We even have video game reviews. Uh, we uh, we have a page on Pinterest with the ladies of BBNBC and ladies of exploitation. There are some nice photos there. So come check us out. And then also with Theme Warriors, you know, the we, you know, X and I, we get together with Doug Tilly and Mike Merriman and we have some fun with some films. Uh, the next film that we are uh, reviewing for BBNBC is, um, see, we just did Kill Satan. Lots of fun. And you know what? Yeah, and that's the one that we just did. So uh, check out our podcast at BBNBCpodcast.com. Hey, she got it right. You know, yeah. Anytime anyone mentions theme warriors now, do you know what I hear in my head? The Dream Warriors. I hear you going, Theme Warriors! <laughs> theme Warriors! <laughs> the, the, the echo, yes. I'm just glad because I'm not I the put, only one. I put, no, it's, it's, it's stuck in my head all the time. Because I use that trailer on uh, when, we, when I produce ABCs. I use that trailer quite a bit. And every 
every time I just hear theme warriors. <laughs> oh, that was so much fun to record. <laughs> My Where God. <laughs> Court, uh, tell the folks you got coming up, sir. Uh, yeah, we just uh, got in the can and I'm currently editing a uh, the episode where we cover Ken Russell's Tommy for a Bring Your Own Cinematic Trauma. Nice. We had... Uh, we had our, our new buddy, Kit Power, from England, actually, burning the midnight oil and hanging out with us till 4.30 a.m. his time recording about that. That episode turned into a full fever dream of a podcast, and it's very befitting the movie. And then uh, coming up soon, we're going to be recording with Dave Z about Castle Freak, and that should be out pretty shortly as well. Now, that is just a remedial horror. If you're interested in the show, if you're not aware of Cinema PsyOps, we're also a member of the Legion Podcast, or if we're part of this family now here, and you can find us legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops. That's P-S-Y-O-P-S, psyops. And you can find me on Facebook as Court Psyop. And also, we're in iTunes and in Stitcher for Cinema Psyops. Just search us out. And if you do a Google, we pop up super fast now, so real easy to find. If you guys want to start a podcast, but, uh, I can't wait to hear the episode with Dave. That'll be fun because yeah. uh, Dave's one of my co-hosts. So, uh, yeah, yeah, you guys, uh, you guys do the ABCs of hidden horror, right? Yeah, and uh, we did do Skeleton Crew. Um, he right, right. Um, he is no longer on Skeleton Crew, but um, that wasn't anything bad. That was just that he just wanted to be a listener again because we're heading into our last season. So, but yeah, we still do ABCs together. So, love Dave. Yeah, he actually was on a show where we just covered like a couple of weeks back where we talked about uh, Jack Ketchum's The Girl Next Door. And uh, the reason we wanted to have him back on so quickly is we had such a great time talking with him until we started talking about that fucking movie and it crushed all of our souls. <laughs> so so we were like, like, as soon as we got off the horn with him, like, you know, when we were done recording and everything. I'm like, Dave, we got to get you back on. We got to get you back on as soon as possible. And we got to talk about something a little bit more fun so that we can actually have a blast with you. So that's why we have that schedule coming up. But, yeah, he was so much fun to record with. It, totally awesome. It was a blast. Yeah, he's a great guy. Love him to death. Cool. I, I, I don't love Dave to death, but I think he's a stand-up guy. <laughs> and that's all you could ask for, man-to-man action, you know. But I'm going to ask you, Jamie, what do you think of, uh, what, what do you got coming up, girl? Well, uh, speaking of ABCs, I am producing the next episode right now. I started working on it yesterday. I was going to finish it up today, but I had to go to work because some asshole see previous comments um <laughs> but that one is a really fun one we have a special guest on that episode that um i don't want to spoil too much but it rhymes with mo hansdale and uh <laughs> I, don't, I don't know this person that guy's an asshole i feel like a, i feel like a genius i figured out your cipher <laughs> using code names <laughs> um, um yeah that was a really fun episode so um we talk about fun stuff like layer of the white worm speaking of ken russell how about that yeah. um and um yeah i mean if you want to hear people talk about you know sexy hip boots and sexy snake dances then you need to listen to that episode um also, we've got uh, the new Skeleton Crew that's going to be coming out, which I mentioned earlier, where we are talking about uh, the Invisible Man. And 
uh, new evil episodes. There's always a new evil episodes. We're, we're always got new new evil episodes coming out, but they're they're going to be more of those, and uh, that might be that might be that might be all I've done recently. I think I think that's it. I think but that's enough, I guess. <laughs> oh no, there's a oh my goodness, there's a new like in it coming out. Jesus Christ, um, where I talk about Howl. So I think I might have talked about that coming the last episode, but I just never, I haven't gotten around to finishing it up yet, but um, it is coming. I swear it. It's coming. Fair enough. Uh, X? I ain't done shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've just been really swamped at work, so I'm still hoping to get a new Kiss the Goat out um, this month. I got to get everybody together and kind of plan that. But yeah, you can still find old episodes of Kiss the Goat on the Legion Podcast Network. That is the flagship show that I host with my wife, Cootie, and our um, satanic chef, Alan McPherson. So yeah, lots of devil movies and cooking, <laughs> which is a great combination. Yes, devil movies, cooking, there's an exorcism every show, so you'll enjoy that. Um also, you can find me on Theme Warriors with Iris and Mike and Doug, as she previously said. And you can go buy my books. Go to www.elderskeep.com, and you can find all of that stuff there. And please do that, because I like to sell books <laughs> to people. Just people, X? Seriously? Um, yeah, it's really disturbing when I get the reviews from Kittens. Well, those are good reviews right there, man. Well, I can have the bots buy your books. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Let the revolution begin. <laughs> I, for one, welcome our robot overlords. Indeed. <laughs> I'll bet that was Fester. I wonder what he was typing the other day. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, me, myself, you can hear me on this show with these wonderful, lovely people. And you can hear that. And you can hear two drinking commentaries both on the Legion Podcast uh, Network, and um, you can hear Sloppy Seconds, the movie sequel podcast, on Horophilia.com. Um, what else? Twitter at GW, Twitter at CinnaBeefCast. Uh, Fleas and Flicks Auction is coming up very, very soon. Uh, the weekend, the Saturday, April 15th through the 16th. It's a memorabilia auction, mostly, but I've been filtering in some other things. If you like wrestling, you like movies, you like... Uh, Something pretty to hang on your wall. You, you could uh, look into that. You like blood. You like violence. Yes, indeed. <laughs> freaks of nature. Like freaks of nature. Yes. But um, yeah, that's going on in conjunction with Mark Ball's uh, Fancy and Friends. Uh, I don't even know if he named it yet, but they're gonna watch movies on YouTube for charity. You can give to charity and watch some bad movies right along with uh, Mark Ball for as long as he can stay awake. I think he has some UK friends to, to hang out with him, to, to slap around a bit, I guess. But um, we thought it'd be a good idea to match those two things together, to, to work together for for, uh, for causes of, of different natures. My cause is going to the South Suburban Humane Society, which is a no-kill shelter in my area. They can use money for blankets and food and all that good stuff to hopefully find these animals a home. And uh, I love I'm a dog person. Cats kind of suck, but, you know, they, they have their place in this world. They're just kind of smug. I don't, I don't like cats like that anymore. But <laughs> if you have cats, Jamie has several, and, and a dog, uh, more power to you, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, yeah. Fuck you, you dog person. You know. 
<laughs> no, dogs are awesome, but uh, I just I do love cats. They're awesome too. I know you do. I, 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 <laughs> I say just just to mess with you, you know. I like lollipops in my mouth and butter in my ass. <laughs> Wow! I am so mm. glad I was on this show. I got, I, I, I'm just I got sit a lot in the of corner butter. and watch. Me too. Me too. <laughs> I got lollipops and butter. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why would you have those things? <laughs> because she's done enough okay, shows with I you can. to know what you like. <laughs> oh, yes, oh. yes, I do. <laughs> the, cats, the cats will watch too. The the whole gl- what do they call a group of cats? Glaring? Yeah. A clouder. A clouder. Yes. A cloud of cats. Actually, there are several names. There are several names for cats. But... <laughs> okay. I like kitties too. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Off the rails. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> but on a more serious note, I I, I think it's pretty serious because I'm I'm pretty excited. We're gonna have two uh two, two guests on on the next two shows that I think that are. Uh, we we goof around. They, they they take care of business, and I I respect that. Uh, from the Talk Without Rhythm podcast, we have El Goro coming on the next show, and then two weeks after that, Mike White from the Projection Booth will be coming back to do a show with us as well. So it should be a pretty uh good time with those two. We never had El Goro on before, and I'm uh I've been a fan. I've I've, I've championed that show before on this podcast. I've played his promo. Same thing with Mike. Um, yeah, you guys should all be listening to those shows, and you know this show as well. I, mean, I, I appreciate you guys, but those guys are really great at what they do as well. So look for that on the next episode of Civ Podcast, and here at the Civ at the Civ Podcast. If you got beef, we've got the grinder. See you guys next time. I'm not the one who's so far away when I feel the snake bite enter my veins. Never did I wanna be here again, and I don't remember why I came.
Oh, yeah.